best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Explosive report from the New York Times suggests Congressman-elect George Santos may have lied about major events in his life. The Long Island Republicans win in a blue district helped give the GOP control of the House, but there are growing calls for him to resign even before he's sworn in. George Santos turned up blue district red to represent Nassau's North Shore and parts of Queens by campaigning as a seasoned financier. But this New York Times investigative story calls into question key parts of the resume he sold to voters. Today, Central Park named its first gate since the original plaques were established more than a century and a half ago. The honor for the five teens falsely accused of a rape in the park more than 30 years ago. We have gone where the facts and the law lead us and inescapably they lead us here. Accordingly, Mr. Chairman, in light of these facts, I ask unanimous consent the chairman be directed to transmit to the United States Department of Justice relevant select committee records in furtherance of these criminal referrals. Without objection, so ordered. See, that's where Ava Caroline Rosenberg was last night, back home by the sea. That's Genesis and Phil Collins, early 6.04 a.m. on your Tuesday morning. And welcome back to the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's us, sitting friends in the morning. And, yes, uh, you heard all the big stories there, George Santos, been on this show a bunch with me and my late partner, Bernard. And once again, I come to you live this morning from the Bernard McGurk studio. He was on with me and Bernie when we thought he won four years ago. Then he was on with me twice when he did win back in November. And now it turns out he lied, or the claim is, I should say, allegedly he lied on a bunch of things on his resume, and they want him to resign even before he sworn in in January. So an ugly story for Santos. I'm going to try to get him on later on today. He is one of those four Republicans that flipped the seats to the Republican side in Congress. Also, my buddy Anthony D'Esposito out there on Long Island as well. Really, Peter King's buddy. And then you've got Mark Molinaro, upstate New York, and Mike Lawler, who was on this show in Rockland County. So Santos, one of those four guys you know, talking about Anthony D'Esposito and Peter King, coming up this morning at 840, I'm going to play for you folks a conversation I had yesterday with the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. And I do want to thank John Katz and Matides 
who I'll be with later on tonight. The tradition continues. This will be the third consecutive year that John and Margot Katsimatidis have invited me to take part in the menorah lighting, the biggest menorah anywhere in the world, right across the street from the Plaza Hotel, Fifth Avenue. I'll be there about 5 o'clock tonight if you want to come say hello. Third consecutive year on night three, ironically, of Hanukkah, Eight Crazy Nights. We will light the menorah together. So thank you to John for that. There's a beautiful ad in today's New York Post. I don't have the paper yet, so I can't tell you the exact page but there's a beautiful ad in today's New York Post talking about this show, Sid and Friends in the Morning, number one. Cats, his great show. Cats at night, 5 p.m. every weekday. And then, of course, he and I lighting the menorah together with a picture of him and I from two years ago with Rabbi Butman, the first time I did it. So really looking forward to that later on tonight. It makes my mom, Naomi, really happy. Somewhere my dad hopefully is smiling down. My wife, Danielle, my beautiful wife, she'll be there for this later on tonight. It's a big deal, and I do want to thank John. But I want to thank John for something else. Yesterday when Mike Pence came to this office, John reached out to uh, Emily and Chad and made sure that I was upstairs when the vice president arrived. And inside John's, <clears throat> inside John's office, excuse me, yesterday, we had a really nice roundtable discussion. It was John. It was uh, John Jr. It was Chad, Emily, George V., the vice president here, me, um, Mike Pence, a few of Mike Pence's guys, Peter King, the great Melissa Zim. It was about uh, 12 of us inside John's office, and we sat around talking about what Mike Pence may or may not do the country, the shape of the country right now. Trump obviously came up once or twice, and it was great. And and I offered my advice a couple of times to Pence. The fact that the former vice president actually cared what I had to say was pretty surreal. But I was only there because of John. And then Pence was here to tape an interview with John and Peter King for John's show. And John said, hey, Mike, do me a favor, sit down with Sid for about six or seven minutes. He's got the number one show in New York City. His morning show is rocking. Would you mind doing both shows? And Mike Pence was all too willing to help, which was very nice. A, thank you to John Katzimatidis for even asking Mike Pence that. And B, of course, thank you to Pence. So on the way down to do this interview, we took pictures. Me and Mike Pence, Chad and Mike Pence, Peter King and Mike Pence, And, of course, all of us put the pictures on social media. Sorry, folks, but the vice president of the United States, nine times out of ten, that's a big deal. Not this one. Not Kamala Harris. I get it. I wouldn't take a picture with her if she asked me to. But Mike Pence, I took a picture. So did Peter King. And we posted them. And what do we get? Nasty. So I get a text from Peter King last night. And he will join me, of course, tomorrow. He's on 8.40 every Wednesday morning. And he goes, man, now I know what you go through. Because I can't tell you how many mornings I come on here and bitch and complain about how stupid some of the audience is. Not the majority, but some of you people are really stupid. And no, I don't, uh, I'm not taking it back. And yes, I, I have no issue, no problem insulting part of my audience. Because quite frankly, a lot of you, I don't want here. I don't want you. So Peter goes, 
Mia, now I know what you're going through all the time. I said, I'm telling you, man, the far left is gross, and the far right is also gross. Some of you Trump supporters out there are the reason why people hate Donald Trump and the reason why he's not going to win. He's not going to win. I want him to. I'm a Trump supporter, despite what you people think. I can still talk to Mike Pence. I can still criticize Donald Trump. I'm an adult. That's how it works. Trump does a lot of stupid things, says a lot of stupid things. But he was a great president, and he could be a great president again if he just shuts his stupid yapper. But God forbid you criticize Trump, and there's a portion of you, it's small, but there's a portion of you that take it almost like treason because you're stupid. So as soon as the Mike Pence pictures go up, Peter King starts getting all this really nasty stuff, and he goes, now I know, man, what you go through. And I said, trust me, I knew you would know. All you got to do, all you got to do is do something they don't deem okay, and that's it. You know how many of you people actually yell at me for talking to Democrats? Mayor Eric Adams, Kelly Ripper, Anthony Scaramucci. There's going to be more. I want to set the expectations. I've done this a million times, but you're not listening. The days of praying to the altar of Donald Trump and being a far-right radio show, which really was a lot of what Bernie did, God rest his soul, not me. They're over. It's done. I'm a Trump supporter. I'm a Republican. I will never vote Democrat. When I say never, of course, that may be the wrong word, but at least in the foreseeable future, I cannot see myself voting Democrat, but there will be Democrats on this show, entertainers, politicians. I will talk to everybody, and you're either going to get used to it or you're going to be gone. I don't care. Can I make it more clear? I don't care. And I said to Peter King last night, I said, don't let these idiots bother you. Peter King is now a rhino. These words, rhino, shut up. Peter King, for the better part of four decades, was one of the greatest congressmen, a Republican congressman in the state of New York. Homeland Security, responsible for so many people getting 100 years worth of monies after 9-11. He's not a whatever rhino is. I don't know what it is. I don't care. I mean, this is not OAN, folks. I'm sorry. Maybe you thought it was. Your expectations are different. It ain't. Peter King is every bit the Republican that you are. The difference is he's not insane. Bo Deedle, too. On and on about Bo Deedle. Bo's a traitor. Are you nuts? Are you nuts? Bo only votes Republican. Does he see Democrats? Sure. He talks to Mayor Eric Adams. So do I. Hangs out with Hollywood actors like Leo DiCaprio. So what? So what? I'm sorry, folks. We don't have a big warehouse in Long Island collecting arms for the next time the Democrats win, storm the Capitol, or to start shooting people in the middle of the street. Not that we do that. We don't do that. We don't. They do. We don't. But some of you are starting to sound like that. So let me set the expectations again for the millionth time. Because I blocked about 10 people last night, and I'm speaking on behalf of Peter King and Bo Deedle and every other common-sense Republican in this city and across the nation. If Donald Trump says or does something stupid, I'm going to criticize him. 
I don't care if my friends don't like them. Some idiot Rob last night is like, you know, Sid, I miss the days when you used to call people out. I said, Rob, do you listen to the show? Almost every day I call out Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Kathy Hochul. Just yesterday, I called out Mayor Eric Adams. I'm the first to say I want to be his friend. Why? Because I want him to hear our voice. That's important. But I just said yesterday, he's still not doing a very good job. I said it. What else do you want? Ignore him? That would be stupid. I call out people every day. And the guy actually said, yeah, you do, but what about Peter King? What about Bo? Wait, I'm going to call out guys that have been my friends for the better part of 30 years Not because they've turned their back on the Republican Party, but because they don't like Donald Trump. Are you stupid? No, I'm not going to call those guys out. I'm not going to call out Corey Zelnick or Pete Morgan or the host of other folks that are my dear friends that are Republicans that can no longer stand Donald Trump. So if that's what you want, if you want me to start a fight with every liberal guest, if you want me to call out my friends because they no longer like Donald Trump, don't listen. Don't do it. Go to Boomer and Geo. Yes, I'm actually telling you, at the risk of losing listeners and lowering my ratings, I'm telling you, get the F out of here. I don't want you. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Why? You are laughing the whole time, Lewis. No. I just love when you come in in a good mood. I am in a great mood, actually. I, I'm, I'm lighting I, I the menorah know. tonight. My I daughter know. is home, but... I don't need to get texts from Peter King. This guy's an American hero, all upset last night because idiots out there don't know how to control themselves. Not even about me. It's about the text I got from Peter King last night. Yeah, that's that's a little crazy. A little crazy? Yeah, it's it's one thing when people insult you, but I kind of feel bad when Peter King gets it. Of course. I'm just a a dopey radio host. He's a nice guy. Great guy. Great politician. He's done a lot, too. A Secure, lot for Long Island. Security for the, and everything. Right. A How lot. about all the money he got for the people that were down there on the uh, 9-11? hundred years worth of money. <laughs> and you're going to get some jerk off in Brooklyn who's pissed off because he loves Donald Trump? Tired of it, man. <laughs> it's really Joe crazy. Box, who I love desperately. I love him. Guy put on an unbelievable book party for me. He's got a gorgeous place. Gorgeous place. Out on Long Island. He's a great American. I mean, I put up a picture of me and Mike Pence. He writes, traitor. I mean, stop it. Seriously. You got to grow up out there, folks. You got to grow up. There were people who wrote on my page, Mike Pence, I don't like him. Fine. I can live with that. I can live with that. You don't have to like every guest that's on this show. And if you write, Mike Pence, I don't like him, that's fine. When you start writing really nasty stuff and, you know, comparing Republicans to Democrats using those stupid words like rhino, which you guys love to use every day, start to call out people and lie about people. That's where I draw the line. But if you don't like Mike Pence, God bless you. You don't have to. You don't have to. And a lot of people wrote, not a fan, and I did not delete any of those. Not a fan is fine. But traitor, you suck, Peter King's a rhino, Sid's just a liberal, you're gone. It's enough. It's enough. This is the major reason why people, for the most part in this country, don't want Donald Trump and or Joe Biden 
running for office in 2024. Because there's no middle ground. There's no common sense. It's scorched earth. That's all it is. Both sides. Scorched earth. We need somebody in there that's going to practice the policies that, yes, Donald Trump introduced to us back in 2016 when he was a great president without all this nonsense. And we need some of you people out there to really go away. Just go away. Sit in your house. Watch Celebrity Apprentice over and over again. Watch the uh, State of the Union from 2018 over and over again. Do what you got to do, but please leave the rest of us alone. You're fired. I like Donald Trump. If the election was today, I would vote for Donald Trump. But my God, my God, what has gone on and is going on is really sad and almost terrifying. Do you think if the Internet had been around like back in the 80s, the Reagan time, we'd be we'd we'd have the same kind of. Yes, uh, I do. Because it's but not as bad because because and I had the arguments with Bernie about this. He's like any Republican that won would have gone through the same thing. I disagree. Because not everybody punches back every single time like Donald Trump. And I don't think Ronald Reagan would have, would have said anything bad about John McCain. And I don't think Ted Cruz or Ron DeSantis would say something bad about John McCain. So while, yes, they're going to seize on any Republican, look to make any Republican miserable, Donald Trump could be the biggest a-hole on the planet, and he makes their job ten times easier whether it's standing in front of a gravesite in France, yelling about Nancy Pelosi, talking badly about John McCain, the nonsense sitting in the, the White House for hours while people were, were, were knocking down the Capitol and doing nothing about it. I don't think Reagan would have done that. Oh, no, those things, these things are indigenous to Trump. Right. But you're right about that. That's, I just wonder what be, if these people are crazy now, like when Carter and going into Reagan and when uh, Nixon was resigning and all the craziness, there was crazy stuff going on. There and was. Imagine, like, in the Vietnam time. Like, you just, you never, I don't know, I don't know. You just never saw the hatred behind a computer. No, that's you, easy, right? Like, yeah. Cowards just sit there and type I mean, all day. I mean, there were awful oh. things done during the Vietnam War and stuff with uh, soldiers coming home. But uh, you didn't really, you didn't think there was that much hatred in the country. But there seems to be, now you can see it every day. Well, you Boy. just feel it. I mean, yeah. you know, here's a guy that was a great vice president. I mean, what he did during COVID was really inspiring. In fact, I said right to his face in this meeting with 20 other men, I didn't trust anybody in those rooms. Dr. Burks, I didn't trust. Anthony Fauci, I didn't trust. I'm a Trump guy, so I kind of trusted him. But of everybody, I trusted Mike Pence the most. And there's a reason why, if you really watched those daily briefings, that eventually Donald Trump handed it off to Mike Pence because he had the right message. He had the right attitude. He had the right demeanor. He was perfect during those times. And now I'm going to hate his guts because he had a fight with Donald Trump about January 6th. And Donald Trump was the guy who said the nasty stuff. Hang him. Not Pence. So now I'm going to hate the guy because he's a traitor. Give me a break. I mean, you never, you didn't hear from him. He was so oh, please. quiet. Give me a break. Now people just hate him. That's it. If Donald Trump doesn't <laughs> like that person then these morons feel like they can't like that person. I mean, be your own person, folks. It's okay. If Donnie doesn't love you, he doesn't even know you. Most of you out there that pray to the altar, he doesn't even know you. He doesn't care. He doesn't 
care if you set yourself on fire today. He doesn't care. That's a great fire you got going, though. That's one of the greatest <laughs> fires Brooklyn's ever seen. You're in your basement. Uh, you know, I love you. I do love you. I love you. <laughs> Charlie Marino checks in this morning. Good morning, Charlie. He's a Trump supporter. He's a diehard Republican, and his quote is, these people are jerk-offs. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Again, a big show today. Big, big show. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, the aforementioned great Bo Deedle, 840, former Vice President Mike Pence, 925, keynote speaker, author Heather Monahan. More surprises along the way. I like the menorah today. Ava is home. Going to be huge. Keep it right here. Sitting friends in the morning on a Tuesday, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Merry Christmas, everybody, and of course, Happy Hanukkah. Today, day two, night three of the Festival of Lights. Again, looking very much forward later on tonight. The tradition continues. Year three, John and Margot Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg lighting the world's largest menorah on Fifth Avenue. My wife, Danielle, will be there. It's going to be great. It always is. Thank you so much to the Katz family. So it's a wonderful time of year. The streets are bustling. The lights are beautiful. My daughter lives in Europe now. She goes to school in Wales, about two hours outside of London. But my little girl Ava came home last night, and it was very emotional. Both Danielle and I cried. We haven't seen Ava since early September. It's been three months. It's a long time for us. She's still our baby, 18 years old. Not baby in terms of chronological order. Gabriel, of course, is only 14, but she's still our little girl, and... When she walked in the living room last night, it was um, it was awesome, you know. And Wales is gorgeous, folks. The architecture, the streets, it's clean. It really is beautiful. But she did take notice of all the homes in our neighborhood in Rockaway with all the Christmas lights. And she said, Daddy, you know, it's really pretty here during this time of year. I said, yeah, it is. She didn't even see Joe Murray's house yet on 144th and Neponset, but she uh, she you'll was impressed. Blind, you'll be blinded. I know. That's <laughs> unbelievable. But she was impressed. And we have a whole bunch of cool things going on with Ava. The next couple of days are so brutal for me work-wise. And I've got two major events. Stephen Van Zandt, Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, Sopranos tonight. Bo Deedle on Thursday. But starting Friday night, and I'll be off for 10 days, a lot of time with Ava and Gabriel, a lot of family stuff, and we can't wait. But talking about the Festival of Lights, the mayor, that's right, Eric Adams, 
A nice little PSA on Hanukkah. I guess he did this on uh, Sunday before we lit the first candle on Sunday night. So here he is, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, wishing you all a happy Hanukkah. Lewis, this is cut number 11. Happy Hanukkah, New York City. The Festival of Lights reminds us that every act of light has the power to spark hope. The last two years have been hard on all of us. But as we emerge from our darkest days, I am filled with that hope. My mother once said to me, if you find yourself in a dark place, you make the determination if that dark place is a burial or a planting. This is a time of plantings. This is a time of life. Our city is back, and we are getting stuff done together. I'm proud to be mayor of a city with the largest Jewish population in the world. From my days as a police officer to my time as Brooklyn Borough President, and now as mayor, protecting our Jewish community has been one of my most sacred responsibilities. And every day, I will continue to fight for our Jewish brothers and sisters. May the menorah continue to shine a light on our beloved city. Hanukkah, Sameach. Very good. Chag Sameach, of course. Happy holidays. So we said a lot of nice things in there. I don't agree with all of it. I don't think the city is back, despite his contention, and maybe Corey Zelnick as well. I don't think the city is back. It's still a mess. I mean, an ugly mess. This time of year, it's gorgeous with the lights and Christmas, but city's not back yet. And the anti-Semitic crime is at an all-time high. Now, I appreciate the fact that Adams had a press conference a couple of weeks ago with Sewell, and he actually went to Greece to take part in an anti-Semitic press conference. But we are not even close, not even close to combating that here in New York City. In fact, this waste, this waste. There you go, folks. I'm calling somebody out. This racist waste. The Attorney General, Letitia James, actually addressed anti-Semitic crime yesterday, which is a good thing. I'm happy she did that. But um, she ain't fooling me. But regardless, she did address it. Here she is, Attorney General Letitia James, on what the city needs to do to stop these attacks on Jews as we celebrate day two of Hanukkah. Lou Rufino, this is cut number 12. The mayor told me in the beginning of this year when I took this position that I had some mandates. And one of them, the chief one, was the public safety of this city. And to do that, I have to work with our communities. And I cannot tell you how much we value the support of our Jewish communities. No one should be afraid to walk in this city. No one should be victimized by hate in this city. And the NYPD is here to make sure that that does not happen. We will attack it every single way we possibly can. We do that with deployment. We do that with investigations, education, and outreach. And we always talk about this shared responsibility for public safety, but this is what it looks like. This room of everybody taking their precious time to come sit and talk to us and ask your questions and have the top brass of the police department answer those questions to you directly. She goes on here to talk about the holy time here in the city. Once again, today, day two of Hanukkah, just five days away from Christmas 2022. This is a very holy time in New York City. Here's more of the Attorney General Letitia James. Lou Rapino, this is cut number 13. This is a very holy time of the year, as we all know, and it's understandable that you approach it with caution and concern, as do we. 
But again, we are here. We have our community affairs officers visiting our houses of worship. We have additional officers in vulnerable locations and communities across this city. And we will continue to provide in-depth and robust investigations to bring to justice anyone who commits a hate crime in this city. Those numbers that are up are unacceptable and concerning, but those numbers represent people and families. And that is what we will address in this city, the fear that the mayor told me we had to make sure we attacked in this city, that no one should be afraid in this city to be who they are. You're allowed to be free to worship and be who you are anywhere in the five boroughs of this city. That's, again, the Attorney General, Letitia James. So one of the things uh, we take pride in here at WABC, besides our great everyday week up, uh, weekday lineup, is the weekends. Music radio has been a huge success, but the talk shows on the weekends are great, too whether it's Janine Pirro, Dick Morris, John Katsimatidis. He does, of course, the weekday show, Cats at Night, Cats Roundtable, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. But the show before John on Sunday mornings is a terrific show. It's early, 7 a.m. But Rabbi Joe Potashnik and Reverend A.G. Bernard put on a heck of a show, very spiritual, puts you in the right place, maybe before church on a Sunday morning. And how about... Attorney General Letitia James, who I don't like, not even a little, but her message here is clear. We need to protect the Jewish people. And in this actual quote, she mentions the reverend and the rabbi, Letitia James Lewis, cut number 14. So I will say, though, in Queens, we actually have an 18 percent decrease in hate crimes and our arrests for hate crimes and anti-Semitic crimes are actually up this year. But it's not enough. And we know we have to do more. I was actually touched by an article in the paper. It was actually written by the Council of Religious Leaders. It was actually Rabbi Potasnik, Cardinal Dolan, and A.R. Bernard. And they wrote an article, a combined story about the light in the city and how when we all come together, that light shines. And in this room, there's a lot of light. And we here in the NYPD will make sure we are here for every single one of you. We will keep coming to these meetings to address any of your concerns. And you will see us out there during the holiday season, and we'll always be here for you. Thank you so much for your time, and happy Hanukkah to everyone. How about that? Potasnik mentioned A.R. Bernard and Cardinal Dolan, Eric Adams, and Letitia James on protecting Jewish people during this holy time, day two of Hanukkah, in New York City, where the anti-Semitic crimes are skyrocketing despite uh, their optimism and despite some of their plans The challenge right now seems to be more difficult than the solution. Traffic and sports coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Dominic Carter. City Hall. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hear Dominic and Zalman talk about the history, here we go, of the Jewish people. Zalman Malatek, who is the artistic director at National Yiddish theater folks bina specifically you're the musical director of fiddler on the roof in yiddish we know the history of what happened to the jewish people in ukraine in russia eastern europe to nazi germany and here we are today hearing the same lies and the same comments about jews today by the way did you um this could be my fault, but did you label Letitia James incorrectly? Frank Morano seems to think it was Police Commissioner Sewell and not the Attorney General. 
Uh, it did sound like Shul, but I didn't cut that. That was Phil. So Phil! Him. Where the hell is Phil? <laughs> Phil! He's getting your breakfast. Getting the food. But no. that actually, I was actually thinking that while I was listening to the cut. That, well, that, that yeah. Frank Morano was that, listening, because I don't listen. No, I don't that, care. That, that, I, yeah, he's listening. We're not. Yeah, I know. That's he's actually like, why I ran in here to tell you. Frank's like, that sounds more like Commissioner Sewell than the Attorney General <laughs> to me. So that's one, and then two is, uh, it's A.R. Bernard. It's not a, It's not A.G. It's A.R. A, it's a, oh, uh, damn it, a, Phil. Where is Phil? A-R. Did he put A.G. on there, too? Uh, let me see what he put here. I don't think uh, he put A.G. Letitia James. You know, he is a special kid. I mean, we No, he put A.R. Bernard. Yeah, yeah. We try to help him as much as we can, but, I mean, there are certain things that... Given but why the... did you wait until the third cut was played to run in here? He Frank's did... been texting me for five minutes. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> but I, because I, I thought you had the right information. Well, I don't. And they, and they actually do sound alike. Okay, well, look at... Uh, just read numbers 13, 14. What does it say? Uh, this is very... Uh, Letitia James. Letitia. Yeah. yeah. Okay, they all say Letitia James. Well, I mean, yeah. come on. We know he's an idiot, but... Uh... <laughs> I mean, they, they they actually do sound alike, but uh, but no, I mean, Letitia James has a, has a much so more racist. Oh my God! They do. They sound she, alike, Letitia right? James okay. just has a much more like poetic. All right, uh, let's go to like, traffic. Uh, Here is uh, Joe Nolan. <laughs> that just, stop that! That just didn't take him I long mean, to give up. Phil, well, though. Might as well just toss me into the middle of the street into oncoming traffic. Macedonia Phil would say, "Here's Bill Evans doing traffic. He's getting right." This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Now they're coming in by the load here on my Instagram. <laughs> Direct message at Rosenberg.Sydney. At Rosenberg.Sydney. Frank Morano, the first to text me. Now they're all coming in. That's Sewell, not James. Well, maybe if Frank wasn't chewing uh, Phil's ear off for 20 minutes in the morning, uh, Phil would have the uh, attention morning, span Philippe. to... Um, well, you Frank know. finally admitted yesterday that one of his guys, who happened to like this kid, Matt Blaze... Talks to Phil too much in the morning. Frank actually admitted that yesterday. Well, he gets distracted and clearly right. makes mistakes now that because is, of but it. But that's a big mistake. I know. I mean, this is this is grounds for what? What? What's? Well, I mean, nothing. Not nothing happened when he showed up an hour late to work. So. <laughs> nothing happens to Phil. <laughs> what's going to happen here? Uh, sports is brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. It's cold out there today, folks. Get yourself a brand new Peerless Boiler. Find them at PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build. America's best boilers. Monday night football last night. Other local stuff in play. Here's my guy Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Sydney. We'll start on the ice. Uh, one local game last night. You had the Islanders. They were out in Colorado taking on the Avalanche. Took overtime and a shootout. Settle a scoreless deadlock here. Ultimately, a contest that would see the Isles fall one to nothing. Colorado uh, goaltender Alexander Georgiev. He was great all night. Stifled New York throughout, stopping 26 shots through overtime. Plus a perfect performance in the shootout. Evan Rodriguez. He was the one who beat Isles tender Elias Sorokin for the only goal in the shootout, proving to be enough for Colorado to escape with the win. Here was head coach Liam Lambert on the tough loss. You know, we I thought we we battled uh, battled hard, and um, you know I think it's a it's a good point for us to have um, you know towards the end of the trip, and you know we'll move forward. But I thought we at times we passed up some shots, um, which we can't you know can't do, but. Certainly, uh, we got ourselves into areas uh, at times, and um, you know, as far as they're they're concerned, you know, they have a high-powered offensive team, and I thought we battled hard. 18 and 13 overall for the Isles now. One point last night. They sit in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. They got a day with the third-place Rangers coming up. 
And uh, that's Thursday night at the Garden. And speaking of those Rangers there in Pittsburgh tonight, taking on the Penguins, 7 o'clock. Also tonight, Devils and Carolina Hurricanes at 7. And uh, that's in Carolina, by the way. And the Knicks, they host the Golden State Warriors at 7.30. And, of course, Monday Night Football and the end of Week 15 saw the Green Bay Packers beat up on the Los Angeles Rams in Green Bay by a score of 24-12. Here with the bottom of the hour sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabble Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabble Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabble Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. Springsteen, downbound train. Big night for me tonight after lining up in Nora with John and Margot Katsimatidis. I'll make my way to the lovely Mandarin Oriental Hotel. It is the annual Stephen Van Zandt Police Ball where they honor police. Hundreds of officers will be there later on tonight. Some great musical performances. Mighty Max Weinberg, of course, the drummer from the E Street Band. He's going to perform tonight. Gary U.S. Bonds will perform tonight. There are others. I got a great table. Me and Danielle, Mike and Donna Sullivan, Stephen Van Zant and his lovely wife, Joe Murray, and his uh, fiance Jody. Great table coming up later on tonight. So a busy day. But, of course, the one, I guess, I have to think the right word here. Of all the exciting things that I'm going to do today, which includes... Three more hours of this show. Guys like Bo Deedle and Mike Pence. And then, of course, like I said, lighting the menorah. Going to this great police ball later on tonight. As I talked about yesterday at 12 o'clock this afternoon, I'm going to make my way to 70th and Park and go see Dr. Ben Hurry. And yes, stress test. So, I go to the gym yesterday. 
and I had a great back workout. And, in fact, I took off my shirt to take a picture because I'm playing a boxer in a new movie. And the guy that's making the movie, this guy Bruce Morton, actually left me a voicemail last night. I'm going to play it. This is such an exciting project. I mean, I'm still waiting to see myself on screen. I taped season two of Gravesend. That's not out yet. I went to Los Angeles and filmed Gemini Lounge, Danny A. That's not out yet. I haven't seen myself once. I'm going to start to shoot that Ron and Santa movie, The Tank Job, in March in Montreal. And I've got this movie, which I'm really excited about, playing a former boxer. So the guy wanted a, a shirtless shirt, a uh, photo, I should say, shirtless photo. So after my workout in the gym, I took a picture, and I was like, damn, i got to tell you, at the risk of really sounding arrogant, I'm almost 56 years old. I look amazing, like great. On my face, I almost hit the wall. But my body's in great shape. And um, I went home, and I was in a good mood. And then I get this text from Peter King, and that put me in a bad mood and angry again. And all the stress came back. And (laughs) then Ava came home, and I was happy again. And then I woke up this morning, and there was another text from Peter King, (laughs) which I missed last night. And that put me back in a bad mood. I'm still getting these stupid idiots on my Instagram. I blocked three people already since we started the show this morning. I knew the show would crash and burn without Bernie. Folks, the ratings are better than ever. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work. If no. Bernie were here. Right, if Bernie were here. Since gone. Right, I'm signed four more years. There's not a talent, I don't think, in New York City, especially at this station, that has a longer contract already signed than me. And the ratings are better than ever. So enough with the, that all that nonsense, please. So now I got this stress test coming up at noon and trying to minimize the stress because I'm nervous about it. Well, forget that. That's that's pointless. What are they going to what how do they conduct a stress test? What do they do? Do they hook you up to a machine? A treadmill. Okay. So they start, I guess, raising the incline and then raising the speed until you actually do have a heart attack. Okay. You yeah. Have, you have stress, sir. Come back. <laughs> yeah. I took one a couple of years ago, many years ago. I was in Boca, and I was having chest pains. And Danielle rushed me to the hospital. And so they did a stress test, but it wasn't on a treadmill. They actually injected me with a dye, I think. I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember it was very nauseating. Like, I really felt awful. Knocked me out, made me nauseous. <laughs> more stress. Yeah, more stress. And it turned out that my heart, while for the most part healthy, wasn't pumping out the right amount per second or per minute. I don't even know. So for years, Danielle's been saying, you know, when you had that stress test in Boca, your heart wasn't pumping out enough blood. And I'm like, it was not that it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like they put me on medication the rest of my life. So now that I'm, you know, in this situation, couldn't breathe, walking up the steps again last night, she's like, you know, you got to get this done. I mean, <laughs> you're going to die. I'm, I'm like, no, stop it. I just lifted 8,000 pounds at the gym the last two hours. She goes, that means nothing. That means nothing. So she scared the hell out of me. And now I got the stress test coming up at noon, and we'll see what happens. I'm, not, I'm still not getting it. Why, how that shows, if you put any of us on an incline for like a half hour or something and keep going, we're all going to be 
tired. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know made. how that works. It's, I mean, it's, it's the same stress test for everybody. It sounds like a stress test for your heart. That's what it is. Okay, but that's not the everyday stress that no, we no, all this go is a, through. No, no, this is a stress test to make sure my heart okay. is healthy. So that you can make it up the stairs. Right. Without, without, without collapsing. Col- correct. Okay. Yeah. Like just... Because no. forget it, it's coming into the city, <laughs> going out of the city. That's stress right there. No, the that's stress weird. doesn't go away, right? No, there's right. not everybody. If, we, if, if you hook us up to anything, yeah. every one of us is going to have something. Absolutely. I mean, if you hook some electrode up back of your neck, that's where your stress is. Like, all right, we well, got to be here. Okay, you're gonna play this. All right, uh, get Justin in here. All right, Phil, you suck. <laughs> so, <what's> the, so, <laughs> that's a lot of stress, that's right? Stress. That's the a lot of stress. stress. Yeah. It's like walking up an incline. No. Oh, you're tired. You got stress. No, I mean, but everybody's got. I mean, everybody has something. Who's got more stress right now? All kidding aside, than Donald Trump. I mean, <laughs> this guy's getting sued by like nine thousand people. Seriously, you know the Mar-a-Lago thing that's out there. Now, the January 6th committee yesterday, they made their referrals to the TOJ on how many charges and what they think Donald Trump should be facing. And again, at the risk of repetition, I am on record saying that Donald Trump did a lousy job on January 6th. A lousy job. He stuck around with his finger up his ass, and he loved every second of it. He loved the fact that these people was storming the Capitol in his name. He loved it. If you don't think so, you're somewhere between naive and stupid. He loved it. And he did nothing about it for hours. That doesn't mean he incited a riot. He did not do that. He did nothing illegal that day. He was reckless and irresponsible and may have been the worst day of his presidency, but he did nothing illegal. Let me make that point again. But the January 6th committee... These people wake up every day trying to figure out how to make Trump's life miserable. And here is what they came up with yesterday. Lewis, this is cut number one. Mr. Chairman, we understand the gravity of each and every referral we are making today, just as we understand the magnitude of the crime against democracy that we describe in our report. But we have gone where the facts and the law lead us, and inescapably, they lead us here. Accordingly, Mr. Chairman, in light of these facts, I ask unanimous consent that the chairman be directed to transmit to the United States Department of Justice relevant select committee records in furtherance of these criminal referrals. Without objection, so ordered. Mike Pence spoke about these attacks to the January 6th committee. Pence will join me coming up at 8.40 this morning. He did a really good interview with John Katsimatidis and Peter King on this station yesterday afternoon. And he was also on Fox News yesterday talking about the January 6th committee. This is Mike Pence, number two, once again, courtesy of Fox News. Louis, number two. Well, I've said many times, having lived through that day at the Capitol, Dana, that January 6th was a tragic day. Uh, But thanks to the courage of law enforcement, The violence was quelled. We reconvened the same day and finished our work under the Constitution of the United States. But I must say, from very early on, I've been disappointed in the partisan nature of the Select Committee on Capitol Hill. I mean, to have a committee that was literally appointed uh, in its entirety by the Democrat Speaker of the House Mm -hmm. really violates the history and tradition of the Congress of the United States. You may not remember, in 2007... 
Um, I was the ranking member on a select committee that looked into voting irregularities that had taken place on the floor of the Congress. We had proper representation of both political parties. All political parties were allowed to ask questions of witnesses. We produced a report yeah. at the end. And uh, so but, but this, 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 this select committee from the very beginning has 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 represented a kind of a, a partisan taint that I, I think it's one of the reasons why uh, so few Americans are paying much attention to what will happen today or to the results or recommendations of this committee. And this is where Mike Pence really proves to be an adult after taking attack after attack after attack from Donald Trump and talking about January 6th in terms that I think he exaggerates. Tragic, I think, is a bit much. But he does go on to say that he really hopes the president is not charged here. This is Mike Pence, cut number three, Lewis, once again, courtesy of Fox News. Let me be very clear about this point. Uh, uh, Congress has, has no formal role uh, in Justice Department decisions. They can make recommendations today. Um, but when it comes to the Justice Department's decision about, about, um, about bringing charges in the future, I, I would hope that they would not bring charges against the former president. Doesn't sound like a traitor to me. I don't know. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And again, Mike Pence joins me this morning as well. That's coming up at 840. Keynote speaker, author Heather Monahan coming up at 925. And one of the fan favorites, whether it's loving him or beating him up these days, the great Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Fasten your seatbelt, folks. Hour number two of sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC about to come your way. Friends in the morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up Oi. from my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC Sid Rosenberg. Oi. This Oi. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. I decided to do a quick voice note. Um, it's much easier than texting, but I just wanted to spread some good news. Right now, the, it's a good possibility we're going to be um, getting a premiere in uh, London and Austria. Believe it or not, out of all places, Austria and uh, Italy. Also, um, in the States, we got Chicago, New York, um, Texas, Los Angeles. Try to get a few more, you know, spots. Oh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas is one. And um, the script's not done yet, but it's nearly complete. I'll be sending it out to you at the end of the week. And um, like I said, you're the lead, so you get to change it up, you know, change your character, add some words, you know. You get to have control over that. Not a lot of people have that privilege. 
All right, well, good show this morning. Take it easy. my buddy Bruce Martin, who just hired me to play a boxer in my newest movie, Within City Limits, is the name of the film. You heard there how many different spots they plan to premiere this movie. And I'm the lead. Never had that before. Got a nice small role in Gravesend playing Dave Busco. Nice little role in Gemini Lounge playing Dracula. The cousin, of course. And um, Ron and Santa's movie have got a bigger role, but this one is my first lead. It's a short film, but again, the expectations are it'll premiere all over the world, and we'll start shooting this thing sometime around March or April in three different locations, New York, Los Angeles, and El Paso. So the movie and TV stuff inching its way along, picking up, but we'll talk to the great Bo Deedle coming up at 740, and he is a big-time actor. I mean, all kidding aside, Godfather of Harlem, Gravesend, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, Goodfellas, so many great movies. I think he was in uh, Meyer Lansky, that movie, too. Either way, we will talk to Bo coming up at 740, and a special thanks to Bruce Martin for hiring me to play this uh, boxer, this retired boxer, my first lead in a movie, and I'm really excited about that. If you don't know this, uh, Supreme Court Justice Roberts actually did... What Joe Manchin was hoping the Supreme Court would do, you may remember yesterday I played a couple of cuts from West Virginia, Senator Joe Manchin, he was on Face the Nation, CBS on Sunday, and he was saying that he really hopes they can find a way to extend this Title 42, which of course was the Trump-era immigration policy. Another good thing that Donald Trump did, one of the many, where they kept folks out of the United States because of COVID concerns. So with all the migration issues here, migration, immigration, 31,000 in New York City, Mayor Eric Adams asking Joe Biden for a billion dollars, literally freaking out every day, every day. Well, thank God for Title 42, because that's kept out hundreds of thousands, if not millions of more folks. And that was supposed to go away tomorrow tomorrow, but Justice Roberts, the Supreme Court, has in fact delayed the ending of Title 42. Do we know, guys, has there been a definitive date, how long, in fact, this pause on the end of Title 42 is? Phil, Justin, lose somebody? Do we know how long the pause is to end Title 42? Guys, somebody? Hello? We're all looking at you with a yeah, blank face. Yeah, we guys don't know. No, yeah. No we well, of course, Phil doesn't like, know. What is, what well. is Sid asking? Phil, I need to talk to you, my friend. Well, have a good time, Phil. I'm going to have my Do sandwich. you know how long, in fact, this Title 42 pause 
Yes. Lasts? Yeah, I just don't feel like telling you. Okay. What if I beg you to tell me? I would tell you I don't know, and I was lying a second ago. You have no idea. I have no idea, no. Frankie Diaz is in the newsroom. He's one of our more trusted news people. Frankie, how long is the pause on Title 42? 24 hours. Are you serious? So Thursday it's over. Yeah, I mean, unless now, they, now, what they, are they waiting they for in the next? In between then. Wait, say that again. Unless they decide something else in between that time, in between now and then, I should say. So it's literally a twenty-four hour pause yep. until they figure something more definitive out. Yep. Thank you, Frankie. Now, Phil, I want you to take a look at the cut sheet, which you do every morning. You do a very good job, which you provided me with. At about 5.58 a.m. this morning. Do you have a copy of that cut sheet in front of you? I do, yeah. All right. How many cuts on today's cut sheet? 18. Very good. I want you to read from me, if you wouldn't mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> I want you to read from me. First off, before you... No, before no, you no, get no, 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 no. Do I, not say a damn word. Real quick. No, 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 no. I have to. I have to. No, no, no. no, no. Be quiet. Oh. I want you to read for me, okay. if you wouldn't mind, cut number 12. What is the label of the person? Letitia James. Cut number 13. What is the label of the person? Letitia James. Cut number 14. Macedonia, Phil. What is the label of the person? It's also Letitia James. Okay. Uh, Lou, if, if you wouldn't mind, I want you to pick a number, one of any three, 12, 13 or 14. Phil, please pick one number. Who's picking the number? Phil. Okay. 12, 13, <laughs> or 14. He's staring at the screen. Oh, Phil, man, this is just tough. pick a number, Phil. Like a monkey looking This is very easy. It's, it's a lucky number. I'm going to have to go with 13 here, baby. 13. Okay, very good. So I want you to listen very carefully. Number 13, once again, Macedonia, Phil, is labeled who? Letitia James. Right. I want you to listen very carefully. <laughs> right? Shut off your NBA tonight sound, whatever you're doing there. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> to cut number 13, who you have said is Letitia James. Oh, you know what? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Play the cut. Play the Uh-oh. cut, Lewis, and tell me afterwards why you and I, like a father and son, are having this discussion. Okay. Play the cut, Lewis. Go ahead. This is a very holy time of the year, as we all know, and it's understandable that you approach it with caution and concern, as do we. But again, we are here. We have our community affairs officers visiting our houses of worship. We have additional officers in vulnerable locations and communities across this city. And we will continue to provide in-depth and robust investigations to bring to justice anyone who commits a hate crime in this city. Those numbers that are up are unacceptable and concerning, but those numbers represent people and families. And that is what we will address in this city. The fear that the mayor told me we had to make sure we attacked in this city. That no one should be afraid in this city to be who they are. You're allowed to be free to worship and be who you are anywhere in the five boroughs of this city. The content was beautiful as we celebrate today, day three of Hanukkah, night two. Excuse me, the other way around. Night three coming up tonight. I'll light the menorah with John Katsimatidis, day two. And that lady, who you labeled as Letitia James, talked about protecting the Jewish people oh, yeah, in yeah. this city. Yeah, now, why are you and I having this discussion? 
I don't know why you even play the audio. I don't know what, like, I could, I, I don't, if I heard their voices, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Like, Ray, I don't so know what they sound you like. You sound just like Justin. Oops. Oh, my God. Oh, they sound alike. They look like, I mean, what are we doing here? I didn't say they look alike. That's, yeah. That was not me. Yeah. I said, I just don't know their voices. I don't know uh, Tish James or Keyshawn Sewell's oh, voices. Oh, wait a second. The second name you just mentioned, uh-huh. why did you bring her name up? That's who that was. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? But what do you mean you don't? You you, you were watching a clip that that's where you got the names audio. on it. I was just, I was like you know I, wake I, I up under, here. understood. But then to say that you don't know that you know that they look different, which that would be an utter I, lie because then you don't because right. then you wouldn't label I, it. I try I try my hardest to, to keep out of politics right mm-hmm. outside of the realm of, of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I clock in. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have to pay attention about. I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to. And then I go home and I don't want to. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm not. So, I'm okay with that. Listen, when I go home, I pay zero attention to. I'll put on Fox News, maybe a half hour. I'll throw on Jesse for a little bit. But to be honest, I'm watching the Bravo Channel. I'm watching sports. I don't. I don't care. When I'm done here at ten o'clock, I'm done. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. But when you are here. Between the hours of it's supposed to be five, but five forty-five, and whatever, whenever you leave after Greg Kelly's uh, horror show, um, <laughs> you do need to pay attention yes. to what's going on, yeah, and yeah. you cannot confuse the attorney general with the police commissioner. Yeah, I, I get that. Are their jobs like different? No. Do they do different things every day? <laughs> what? What? What do you mean by different things? Like, like, do they, like more or less do the same thing every day, right? Both those people, Tish James and Keyshawn Sewell? Well, they, there are some similarities, but no. No, you don't see, for example, Letitia James may not show up at a murder site, may not be out there on the streets okay. with other cops. Not that Keyshawn Sewell does that either. Yeah. It's pretty clear that I have no idea what I'm talking about either. Yeah, see, it's it's easy to confuse them. See, I, you know what? I'm going to give myself the uh, the benefit of the doubt here. You're going to give yourself? No, 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 no. Retract that. Retract that. Right. Nobody else is giving you the benefit of the doubt. Well, sometimes you got to be your number one, your own number one fan. Yeah, but we really don't like like, like Letitia James is really on our bad side. Is right. Keyshawn Sewell you know, a good whereas, person? Whereas Keyshawn Sewell yeah, is, like is yeah. she's much more moderate than Letitia James. Oh, we like Keyshawn. You took a picture with her, right? I did last Friday you at never, the Tunnel to Towers. Event. You never took a picture with Letitia James, and I never will. Okay, but more importantly, your job every day is to make me look good, not bad. And when I'm reading off these cuts and playing them. And a guy like Frank Morano is texting me going, Sid, just a little heads up. Oh, that man. doesn't sound like Letitia James. Sounds more like Keyshawn Sewell. Yeah. And then I, of course, have to ask these guys. And when Frank Morano is right and you make me look bad, that's not what you want to do, is it? No, but I think you deflected no, it, and now you're making me look bad. So I, I think you're devoid of all the blame here. <laughs> I think I look pretty bad. Oh, wow. But you don't seem to care. No, nah, not really. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's, I made a mistake, and uh, I would say it won't happen again, but it probably will at some point. So, Sounds like a good apology to me. I don't know. Really? What do you, you, want me, you want me to lie to you? No, I, I appreciate the honesty. I just like the fact that last week you showed up one day an hour late with really no excuse. <laughs> well, we're still, we're going to bring that up again. You're playing the wrong cuts today with the wrong people. I mean, you're labeling the cuts incorrectly, and there are no repercussions here. None. Yeah. Because I refuse to yell at you because I like you too much, and... Quite frankly, when you screw up, it's funnier for the show. <laughs> so there are no repercussions. It we just did, we did kill a whole segment here, didn't we? Well, it's good radio, though. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Phil. Just say I'm sorry just because I think Lou is upset. That's it? I'm sorry. I Honestly, I apologize more to Keyshawn Sewell and Tish James than anyone else. Okay. Everyone else, they can, they'll get over it. All right, Lou, are you okay with his apology? Uh, not in the least. Not no. in the least. What no. about you, Justin? Doc is damn pay. Doc is pay. You guys are getting paid? Give it to me instead. <laughs> Hey. Well, guys, unfortunately, I've got the last say because last I checked, it is not Lou and friends in the morning, not Justin and friends in the morning. It's Sid and friends in the morning. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, that was a beautiful, heartfelt, and sincere I'm in it, baby. apology. <laughs> I'm Thank back you. in it. Thank you, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, Thank you, Thank you for being Any- the great American, hardworking, responsible person I can count on every day on this show. Oh, my God. Listen, I'm here for you anytime. It's the least I could do. I want that entire apology written and signed. Do they do the same thing? Different things? Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday over the weekend, correspondent Martha Raddatz of ABC grilled Governor Abbott of Texas about the border disaster. Miss Raddatz, a liberal woman, said that President Biden has never said the border is open and heavily implied it was Abbott and other Republicans making a false charge, one that is encouraging migrants to come to the border. That analysis is almost breathtakingly foolish. From the very day of his inauguration, Joe Biden has failed to obey U.S. immigration law that requires asylum seekers to present themselves at ports of entry. Instead, migrants who get across the border any way they can are being allowed entry to the USA simply for requesting asylum anywhere. That's against the law. Now, I know Martha Raddatz, and she's a smart woman who has to know what the law is. So I can only assume this is another case of protect President Biden and his party, which ABC and the other corporate media is heavily invested in doing. In less than two years under Biden, it is estimated that six million foreign nationals have illegally entered this country along with a record amount of deadly narcotics. The Biden policy is scandalous, period. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. this creature in the White House. Chewing on a piece of grass, walking down the road. Tell me how long you gonna stay here, Joe. Some people say this town don't look Venture Highway in the sunshine where 
Thank you for playing that, Lou. You remind me, I gotta call my mother. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. yeah. It is Hanukkah. Call your mother. Well, she's not here, you know. She would have been with me and my show you now, but at dinner on Friday night. But she's she's down in Aventura. Thank God for that. Nice and warm and enjoying the South Florida sun, Naomi. We'll get her on before the end of the week. My son Gabriel. This is exciting news. My son Gabe, last time he was on the air here, was all the way back in July. In fact, Bernard was on that day. He was still alive, my uh, dear friend Bernard. Once again, coming to you live from the Bernard McGurk studio. And Bernie loved it. Gabe was in studio all day. Lou, were you here back then or not yet? Um, I think I just might have missed the day. Okay. Actually. Oh, maybe. Yes, you were out that Friday. That's exactly right. Well, he's coming back this Friday. Big Gaby. So Gabriel will be on on Friday. Hopefully Naomi, my mother, on Friday. We'll put all the Rosenbergs on before I head to vacation. Friday is my last show until Tuesday, January 3rd. So I'll be back in 2023. And I'm going to put on a a heck of a year next year, folks. I promise you that I have no idea who's going to be in for me next week. I don't know. I can't even guess. I would hope John Katzmatidis, Curtis Sliwa, maybe Andrew, I don't know. But um, I'm done Friday. I'll be back the following Tuesday. So Naomi and Gabriel both on Friday. Don't forget, coming up at 8.40 this morning, Vice President Mike Pence. And tomorrow, Lieutenant Dan, the great Gary Sinise, not just a great actor, but a tremendous American. That guy spends more time and gives more money to wounded warriors and our soldiers injured all over the world than anybody I know, anybody I know. So Gary Sinise will be on this program tomorrow. That's pretty big, right, Lou? That's huge, yeah. yeah. Great actor. 77 WABC listeners, you've got the chance to win a signed WABC Music Radio T-shirt from our very own Cousin Brucey. Join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the 77 WABC app or go to wabcradio.com slash VIP to join. It's the newest and most rewarding way to be part of the 77 WABC family. Every week, we're giving away prizes to our members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more. This week, one lucky 77 WABC VIP member will be chosen to receive a signed WABC Music Radio T-shirt from our very own, the legend himself, Cousin Brucey, all you have to do is sign up for 77 WABC's VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to WABCradio.com slash VIP. By signing up, you receive a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's reward. Join the 77 WABC VIP Club today. All right, the... Migrant uh, story is still the big one. You don't know. Supreme Court Justice Roberts has now delayed the end of Title 42, a Trump-era immigration policy which kept people from coming into the country because of COVID one day. It was supposed to expire tomorrow. Now it's Thursday. Mayor Eric Adams talked a lot about this yesterday, and the city 
and how the city is going to be impacted by this migrant crisis. Lou Rufino, this is Eric Adams, the mayor, cut number eight. Nothing is off the table in dealing with a crisis. Nothing is off the table. We don't want to go back uh, to uh, what we had to use when there were a large influx. Uh, But leadership is doing difficult things. And whatever I need to do to ensure that we are dealing with a crisis, I'm going to do it in a humane way. And so uh, if one wants to focus on Randall's Island, that's their right to do so. I need to focus on the totality of a crisis that's about to hit our city. And I need to be prepared for that crisis. And I'm willing to do that. He talked about manpower and training in this next cut, Lou Rufino, Mayor Eric Adams, cut number nine. I am surprised that people will ask about free training to improve our skills. This is what people should do. People should constantly improve the skills to deal with challenging time. Leaderships of today, all corporations would tell you, all major industries would tell you that we need to invest in our people. And emotional intelligence is the key signal of successful corporations. My team is not only getting training from Deloitte, we're getting training from all over the place. We send out monthly uh, books to read to improve our skills. How do we invest in our our manpower and women power. This is what we do to produce a better product. And so when you say my personality traits, I'm dyslexic, I'm imperfect, I've been arrested, I've been rejected, now I'm elected. I'm the mayor of the city of New York. That's my personality. You like that, right? Very run DMC there from Mayor Eric Adams. Yeah, so cool. That was pretty that's cool, yeah. Really, uh, yeah <laughs> Shut it. up, Lou. Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. What's the matter with you? Yeah, what is he? It was cute. He was neglected, then elected. Not working for you? No, I like to be smoked. Are you ever going to like this guy? Is there any chance? Yeah, there's a chance. What, is, what does he have to do? Um, get the, and don't yell at me until I'm finished. Okay, fine. Somehow get the bail. Ah, uh, come on, get Lou. The, get the bail reform thing fixed right. somehow. He doesn't have the power to do that. Uh, you, you make the power. Oh, you, you make the power? Yes. What is he, Tony Montana? Right. He's well, going to walk up there with an Uzi and start you know, to shoot down okay, what Heasty Ru- and Cousins Things and would Hoko? probably change if he did that, would they not? What did Rudy do? Rudy? Yeah. He's Rudy. Italian. He did kill people. Okay. So, no. well, he got it. However, he got it done. Do that. <laughs> I don't know how Rudy did it. I don't know. Okay. Well, we, well, then he should talk to him. No. No, we That's talked good... to Rudy about it. But when Rudy was was running the city, it seems like, and he's going to yell at me for this. I forgot who the governor was then. Too. Well, Governor Pataki. Pataki. Right. Okay. But it seemed like the Albany was was look before nine eleven. Don't forget, Rudy and Pataki did not get along at all, at all. It was kind of like the Blasio and Cuomo. They became adults. They didn't become adults. They showed how adult they were when after the worst day in the history of this country, they figured out a way, to both men's credit, Giuliani and Pataki, to start working together after 9-11, and both guys did a terrific job. Maybe Albany, maybe, I don't know the answer to this, we'll talk to Rudy again this week, maybe they were more willing to work out stuff, especially after 9-11. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like... These people in Albany, no matter what the mayor does. I know, they're not budging. I, they're not I budging. I that's not that. Eric Adams' I, fault. I, I know, it's not his fault. I just You're asking me what I want. I'm, that's okay. just on the list of things. It's All right. the safety of the city. And <laughs> bringing, bringing migrants in here was the just 
possibly the dumbest thing I've. Well, ever it wasn't his choice either. <laughs> but he's got to do something about it. You, yeah, you got to. Yes, but they can't stay here and and Randall's Island and put up a thing in Central Park for that for the Central Park Five. Yeah, all these these things are dumb. There's a whole list of things to be done here. He's not. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he did say that this migrant crisis, just so you know, it's going to affect everything going on in this city. This is Mayor Eric Adams. Yay. Cut number 10. It is alarming. It is. I mean, this is this and New Yorkers need to be aware um, of what we are up against. And, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to give the impression uh, that this new influx is not going to impact our basic services. And so when you say which service, look at every service we provide. Every service we provide is going to be impacted by the influx of migrants in our city. <laughs> it's going to infl- impact education. It's going to impact the dollars what? we're using to clean our streets. It's, it's going to impact um, our <laughs> public safety. It's going to impact our helping those news. long-term New Yorkers <laughs> who are in need. Every service, if you look down the list of services, I have to now go back to the drawing board already multi-billion dollars in deficit because of the pandemic I have to return to the drawing board and now reconfigurate every service we're providing <laughs> yeah. in the city you based bad on for this guy. what is about to happen to this city yeah, you should feel bad for him no, he's got to go back and do all this work because of damn Democrats who the one thing he doesn't do is call them out and that's where my frustration lies with Eric Adams although he did he did call out both the Biden administration and Kathy Hochul two days ago, but not nearly rough enough and not nearly enough. But they put this poor bastard in a tough situation now. He's of, he's actually a victim here. He's not the problem. Yeah, fine, fine. Out of all that, what he just said, yeah, this is yeah. what I heard. Yeah. New Yorkers, you may as well move away because <laughs> the city is going to suck. Fine. That's, in a nutshell, that's what he said. Thank you. But otherwise, things are great. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I don't know what else. I really can't argue with you. Just the basics. I mean, just basic. Bring bring more migrants in, and everything's going to suck. But that's not Eric Adams' choice to bring in the migrants. You're running the city. Yeah, that's true. Aren't you running? Who's who's above him? Um, The governor. Yeah, she's not running the city. No. Okay. Okay. Like uh, other may, uh, it didn't happen in other cities. Chicago, they said she said go away. They didn't. They put them in uh, rural areas. Actually, no. Do you rather have these people in Rockaway? Yeah, sure. Bell Harbor. You want them in uh, Chappaqua? What do you want them? If they're here, <laughs> please move out of the city. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. All right. That's all I heard. It's a tough situation. Yeah, I, uh, I know. What would you do if you were the mayor, tough guy, and they uh, unloaded all these people on you? What the hell would you do? I'd say, get back on the bus. Here's here's 100 bucks. Yep. Drive them out of the state. Right. Pick, pick a nice little stop and go there. And oh, I'd call up the president and say, wake up, you old fool. And fix the border and get this straightened out. Okay. I like what you're saying. Yeah. I like it. Wouldn't somebody do that? Somebody take charge. Well, somebody did do that. Ron DeSantis, he sent them to Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) Governor Abbott, he sent them here. So somebody did do that, but these are Republican governors that are doing that. The other guys refuse. They ask the federal government for money. They do do that, but they refuse to go nuts on them. 
which is what they have to do. Nobody's in charge. No. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Vice President Mike Pence will join me at 8.40 this morning. Keynote speaker, successful author, the lovely Heather Monaghan will join me at 9.25. But we put this time aside every Tuesday for a fan favorite. Now, most of you folks love him. Some of you now love to hate him. He spent about three decades distinguishing himself as one of the greatest cops in the history of New York City. He's gone on to become a tremendous actor. I mean, tremendous. Irishman, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, Godfather of Harlem, Graves, and a host of others. He hosts a great podcast here at uh, WABC, one tough podcast every week. And most importantly, he's been a dear, dear friend of both my late partner, Bernie, and me for the better part of three decades. Here he is, your newest favorite rhino, whatever that means. My dear friend, Bo Deedle. Bo, they, they're still coming at you. Uh, even though you have voted Republican basically forever because you're critical of Donald Trump, some of these morons don't consider you a Republican. What about that? Well, you want to know something? I tell you what, for them, let them call me an independent. And I lean towards Republican, okay? I, that's to satisfy everybody. Hey, very important. First of all, I want everybody to send their prayers out to uh, Carol McGurk. I spoke to her last night. She had this COVID crap, and uh, she's feeling better. But uh, our prayers go out for her, wishing her a Merry Christmas with the kids and all that. Um, so that that was just something I had to get out of the way. But before we go into my issues, Sid, I got a couple of questions for you. Seriously, you talk about this movie. Let me get it straight. You're doing a movie about a boxing guy with this guy, Bruce Martin. Yeah. First of all, how long do you know him? I know him for about, well, I know he's a big fan of the show. He's been on my Instagram. How long do you know him, Sid? Uh, I would say about a year. Really, Sid? From now, Instagram. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Instagram. Okay, that's really known him, Sid. Uh-oh. Then he tells you to take a picture of you naked from your back. He didn't say naked. He did not what? say naked. Calm down. Well, you sent him a picture of your back naked. Was no, no, naked? no. I was not naked. Just my upper body. I'm going to play a retired okay. boxer. And then he tells you, Sid, he yeah. tells you, you can control the script, Sid. We're going to be in this movie house, that movie. <laughs> the movie The movie hasn't even been written yet. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't been filmed. And he's telling you where it's being released. Something's fishy. I produced a few movies, Sid. Yeah. Watch this guy. Watch. <laughs> Did he want to see your buttocks, too? Um, I haven't gotten that text yet, but when I do, I'll let you know. Look, I, I've okay. gotten I've gotten a bunch of these things already from guys. I mean, one guy in London contacted me and Gordio about doing a movie in New York. He actually went as far as even sending us a script. That was like two and a half years ago, just so you know. Right. So. Okay, also, I got good news for you, Sid. Being that you got the movie bug, I got good news. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein was just found guilty of rape 
and two counts of sexual assault. Maybe you could do a movie with him. <laughs> you're killing me, Sid. That's you're only one. Greatest, by the way, that's that's only the first girl that you're talking about that just came across literally moments ago. I saw Gloria Allred on television celebrating. That's only one girl so far already found guilty. So I guess um, I guess Audie Idala wasn't able to get this guy out. <laughs> no, no. First of all, he was too busy popping his pimples in the jail there. Okay, let's. <laughs> Let's go now. Let's go some real issues. First of all, let's go right back to our friend uh, Alvin Bragg, our DA. We saw early in the week he let go of this guy who was robbing all the stores, and he has all these arrests. He's 22 years old, uh, accused of raping a 15-year-old girl, grand larceny, February, everything. And guess what? You know what his bail was? What? zippity doo da, uh -oh. and he didn't even have to pay the 25000 stolen goods. Brad continues to destroy this city. And I got to, as we're talking, I got to congratulate our police commissioner, Keyshawn Sweel, right? I like her. Yeah. I happen to be a fan of hers. I do like her. Why are you congratulating yeah. her this morning? Well, you better give her credit. That was her talking. But on, 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 on one issue, she's starting to make these police officers feel better about himself. What happened was the police department was inundated with Big Bird de Blasi and all his progressive douchebags. Every cop was guilty, no matter what. If a cop didn't have his camera on, they, they gave him days against him in this. 72 cases against the cops, the commissioner either reduced or dismissed, and most of them are by these department judges or by CCRB. All it is is a a vehicle to just take the heart and soul out of every working cop out there. And congratulations to our police commissioner, uh, Keyshawn. You're doing. You're in the right direction here. You got to support them so they can do their jobs and show them the support. And again, my friend Eric, I got to have a talk with him. I was texting him last night. What is he doing? Here's what he wants to do next. He wants to shut Fifth Avenue down between for good between 42nd Street and Central Park South. One lane in traffic. It will be a nightmare parking lot. Why do we continue doing it? That idiot Bloomberg started it with these bike lanes, with these bus lanes. You cannot drive in New York City. And then when you waver into the lane, you pop up with a $100 ticket. Enough already. Why don't we use some of this money to pay cops more? Why don't we use some of this money to prosecute more? Why don't we use some of this money to build more jails and put these criminals in it and stop the bullcrap? <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, the first... Even my friend, even my friend Robert De Niro, yeah. my buddy there, he got burglarized on the Upper East Side. This woman walked into his house at 2.30 in the yep, morning. Yep. She was walking around stealing his laptop. <laughs> then he's sleeping, snoring away. And then all of a sudden, she was arrested 16 times this year alone. Guess what? She was released with no bail. Here we go, braggadoosing. What does he eat? Pizza pies all day? <laughs> I don't know. Let me ask you, what was, uh, this is the first Sam Kinison moment for Bo Deedle. Bo, what was well, the what was the reasoning that the mayor, Eric Adams, gave for closing down all those streets? Did he give any reasoning? No, is it supposed to be good for pedestrians walking and all that? Yeah, that's going to be real good. But we got to remember, Mr. Mayor, and I, I really like Eric. And I'm telling you, I really like him. I'm, I'm praying, 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 praying. Listen, we can't forget when someone is a psychopath, he don't need a gun, he don't need a knife. He can use a vehicle. And it just happened when we're having the pedestrians do a little 
slow walk up Fifth Avenue, Lottie Dottie. And how about when a car comes raging down the street and knocks out about 24 people and kills them because of this stupid proposal? Okay. Think about it. Think I, about it. I'm with you, Bo. I'm on your side on this. And, uh, uh, and when we're talking about it, yeah. this piece of garbage, Carol Shapiro. Yes, Carol Shapiro. And I'm not wishing her happy Hanukkah. I wish you a happy Hanukkah Thank and you. all my Jewish friends. Yeah. But Carol Shapiro was the head of the – she was the New York State Parole Commissioner. Now she's backing a bill. Now, my friend there – uh, uh, Argentini and Jones, when I came on the force, they were assassinated by this little punk, Herman Bell. He was part of the Black Liberation Army. Now they have a bill up there she's supporting, and now she's saying that the family shouldn't the, the family shouldn't testify. It should not be taken in consideration when a family member like the wife. Of, of Piagentini standing up there crying about her children, never to see their father, never to have a Christmas or a Hanukkah, never to see them graduate. This this Carol Shapiro, she wants to put this bill, and it's called the Fair and Timely Parole Act. Kiss my butt, <laughs> Shapiro. These are murderers. How many cop killers have released? 30 cop killers? Stop it already. Oh These people God. killed the police officers. And, and, and now they want to have a new bill that the parents, the parents and the family of these cops can't go into that court. When we had the Palm Sunday massacre, I wrote letters to the parole board for those eight children, two adults that were massacred by that punk. I wrote letters every year. And you want to know something? The family couldn't go up there. There was no family left. No, everybody got there killed. I know. And, and by the way, just a couple of days ago, Bo, a, uh, a very famous, well, he's not famous, but his son was, Tupac Shakur's father, was let yeah. go after spending about 40 years in prison. He was involved in that Brinks robbery back in 1981 where he killed a cop, and he's walking the streets. How is Unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is all they're doing is just release them, and they, oh, they're rehab. They're rehab. Yeah, but, but you know, switching off top, topics, you see the New York Post on Sunday about the gambling casino? Yes. Did you see who your boss, my friend John Casmatidis, don't make a move without? About his casino? No, it which one? Steve Wynn? It, me- it mentioned oh, Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle? What? Doesn't make a move without Bo. No, yep, it, did, yep, it, yep. Did, it did not say that. Stop it. Oh, yes, it did. It <laughs> says it in the New York Post that uh, uh, John Casamacita is good friends with the private eye security expert Bo Deedle. You can read it. Google it. You got to believe something. Hey, I'm really <laughs> upset. I'm really upset. I'm upset about I can't this tell. one. No. Remember, remember Bishop Lamar, the bling bishop, the guy that wore that diamond, yep, that diamond yep, watch, yep, yep. and he rode, drove around with a Rolls Royce. Oh, my God. He got indicted. Two counts of wire fraud, account extortion. Guess what he did? He took $90,000 from some poor old woman's retirement savings. Then he took 500000 from another guy. <laughs> I, I feel so bad about this bishop. He's a bishop like I'm the Pope. Stop this crap already. I can't believe it. I can't believe what's oh, going on. And, and finally, the FBI is coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out with Hunter Biden. They knew all about it. And this punk, Jim Baker, and then this other fellow, this FBI agent, Elvis Chang. Not Elvis Presley. Elvis Chang. <laughs> yeah. He sent 10 documents to them. This was a damn cover-up. Look, at, I'm not saying it would have changed the election, but certainly, certainly the biggest threat to our democracy 
is having the judicial system, having the Department of Justice and the FBI politically motivated and politically controlled. These hearings have to go on. Otherwise, we're done. I don't know what to say. I, I, I am completely blown away by Bo Deedle today. Another incredible, emotional Wait, one more, one more, appearance. One more. Wait, no, no, wait, one more. Wait, he's not done yet. One, one more. more. One more. One, one more. more. Here he goes. Wow. We're getting some new recruits to the police academy, that new building. A little over sex. They're, having, they're banging in the bathroom, getting caught, having sex. They should apply for the sex crimes unit. <laughs> <laughs> or they should apply for... Hosting gigs on Good Morning America. <laughs> Bo, you were brilliant today. I can't wait to see you. Look at that. They're giving Bo Deedle a, a, a rousing, a standing ovation, a round of applause. Can't wait to see you both Thursday at your annual Christmas party. Today was one of your all-time best. I love you to pieces. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Listen to that applause. They love Bo Deedle. Bo has this thing now. It's... And I've been listening to Bo on the radio for 30 years, going back to his Imus days. He has a thing where he starts off like really slow, and he builds a crescendo, and then Sam Kinison literally jumps into his body. It's Yo, brilliant. Bo! <laughs> I was married for 13 years! <laughs> Someone else needs a stress test. Sid and friends in the morning. But you say he just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi. Happy Hanukkah, New York City. The Festival of Lights reminds us that every act of light has the power to spark hope. The last two years have been hard on all of us. But as we emerge from our darkest days, I am filled with that hope. My mother once said to me, if you find yourself in a dark place, you make the determination if that dark place is a burial or a planting. This is a time of plantings. This is a time of light. Our city is back, and we are getting stuff done together. I'm proud to be mayor of a city with the largest Jewish population in the world. From my days as a police officer to my time as Brooklyn Borough President, and now as mayor. Protecting our Jewish community has been one of my most sacred responsibilities. And every day, I will continue to fight for our Jewish brothers and sisters. May the menorah continue to shine a light on our beloved city. Hanukkah, Sameach. Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah, so much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish. 
Just like you and me. <laughs> David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So do James Conkirk Douglas and the late Dinah Shora. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> Paul Newman's half Jewish, Goldie Hawn's half too. Put them together, what a fine looking Jew. Ford's a quarter Jewish, not too shabby. John Katzmatidis is 6% Jewish. He's made that point very clear here. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Day two of the Festival of Lights. Tonight we light the candle for the third night out of eight, and it's a big one for us here at WABC. The tradition continues. If you go to today's New York Post, you're going to see a really beautiful color ad of the Sid and Friends in the Morning Show. And the Cats at Night show, that's your bookend drive time shows. Two great shows, Sid Rosenberg and John Katz and Matides. And then above that is a beautiful picture of two years ago, me, John, and Rabbi Butman lighting the menorah for the first time, the largest menorah anywhere in the world, right on Fifth Avenue by the Plaza Hotel. So the tradition continues year three coming up later on tonight. And uh, I thank John and Margot every year for this incredible honor. My beautiful wife, Danielle, will be there. My mom is in Aventura, Florida. She'll be on Friday, but she knows what's going on and is very, very happy. And somewhere, I believe, my late dad, Harvey, is watching, too, and is happy. See, folks, this is holiday time, man. Day two of Hanukkah, Christmas, just five days away. And I've grown tired. I've grown tired of the dissent and the yelling and the screaming and all the nonsense. That's why I bring on the mayor, Eric Adams. We disagree on a ton of stuff. A lot of stuff. But we talk. You know, what we've seen the last couple of days, Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, not that long ago, is set to join me at 840. Mike Pence, the VP. Put a picture up of me and Mike Pence yesterday. So did Peter King. And the amount of vitriol directed at the both of us. Sad. Sad. Because he was critical of what Trump did on January 6th. Mind you, he has said in a ton of places, and I ask him the same question, he hopes that President Trump is not charged. And President Trump was a dick. 
to Pence. A big one. Pence never fired back with the same vitriol and hate that Donald Trump did. He just didn't. And he even said, again, on multiple occasions, and I'll say it again at 8.40, I hope the president is not charged. And yet the captions, the comments to me and Peter King the last couple of days, really nasty. I mean, really nasty. For what? For what? I mean, I'm a Trump supporter. Peter King voted for Donald Trump twice. And there's a lot of people coming to the realization in this country that if we want to win, which is most important, it's not who wins, folks. A Republican needs to win because the Democrats have gone absolutely bonkers. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. My preference is Donald Trump. But if you told me today, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, any one of these folks, I'm going to take them over any Democrat every day of the week. What's important is not who wins in 2024, but that a Republican wins. And you guys are so far up Trump's ass like a polyp that you don't understand what's at stake. So God forbid somebody is critical, even a Republican, and as far as you're concerned, they're not one of us. I don't want to be one of you. You're crazy. You're sick people. You bitch and complain about the left, the far left. You're exactly, exactly the same thing. See, but I believe that the overwhelming majority of people in this country are level-headed, common-sense folks, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. I do believe that. That's who I choose to be. That's what this show is. That's why I've got no issue putting on Kelly Ripper. Got no issue putting on Anthony Scaramucci. Got no issue putting on Michael Rappaport. Got no issue putting on the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. I don't operate my life like you folks do, which is, if you don't like Trump, I just hate you. I just hate you, that's it. What a sad existence. My God. Ugh, God. Lee Zeldin just texted me. Let's bring Lee on. You want to bring Lee on today? We still love Lee Zeldin. It was a heck of a race he put on. Maybe we'll do while Lee at 905. What do you think about that? Me? I like it. You do like it, right? Yeah. It might help with the stress test today. Oh, my God. That's coming up at noon. <laughs> you just reminded me. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're fine. I had this choking fit, too, earlier in the program during the break. I don't know if you saw it. But... Yeah. No, I saw it. I turned to Phil. I said, what is going on in there? Yeah, but... <laughs> But, of course, Phil, uh, nonchalantly, he's like, oh, he's nothing. No, I almost died, actually. Thanks, Phil. What happened was Phil bought me. Well, I bought it. Phil didn't buy anything. (laughs) Phil wanted to get it. I bought it. But I got myself what I get every morning, which is egg whites and cheese on a roll. And I got stuck in my throat, and I started choking to death in here. And I'm watching the two of you guys laughing on the other side of the glass, and I literally turned blue. This is like maybe an hour ago. So lately, for some reason, a lot of food gets stuck in my vocal cord. Why is that? Maybe it's closing up. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Phil. I have no idea. Well, at least you don't have like, a stress test or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. Trying to limit the stress today. 
What stress would you build up today? There's no stress today. No, not at all. No. Today? No, no stress. No, I mean, tonight I got the menorah lighting. That's wonderful, actually. One daughter came home yesterday. Ava came home yesterday, yes. You got to see me today. Your day is great. All three Good of those point. things are beautiful, yes. Good point. Yeah, all three of those things. Great. Yeah, And I don't let this other stuff really bother me. This is mostly shtick for the show. Mostly. And, uh, but it does really make people crazy, so they get nuts. When yeah. are you going to call people out? Are you serious? Do you listen to me? <laughs> I call people out every day. Every day. But I call them out when they need to be called out. I don't call them out because... You're angry. But I don't hate. I was actually listening to um, a piece that Howard Stern did this morning. And it was really funny. Phil cut this one up. Are you sure it was Howard, Phil, and not Letitia James? <laughs> not I was say, it might be like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil already mislabeled something this morning. So I introduced it as Letitia James. It was Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell. That's fine. But Howard went on this rant about all the things that he hates. And as he went uh, on with this rant... It became pretty clear to me that I hate a lot of the same stuff. Phil, you thought this was hysterical, didn't you? I thought it was funny. I w- it's not a rant. It's a compilation. They chopped up like a lot of things that he said he hates from all this year. All the years. If we, uh, if, if we did it with you, it would be a lot longer than, <laughs> than a minute. I'll tell you that much. Well, we should do that then. If Howard Stern can do it, why can't I? So this is uh, Howard Stern as the year 2022 is coming to an end. And we're about to usher in a new year. Hopefully a year of tolerance and common sense in 2023. Here's all the things he said he hated over the last year. This is Howard Stern, Lou Ruffino, cut number 17. I hate losing. I hate going into Manhattan. I hate the Soviet Union. I don't care about pirates. I hate pirates. I hate biking. I hate balloons. I hate parades. I hate being tall. I hate the Met Gala. I hate Christmas. I hate that the Super Bowl is on at 630. I hate people who sit in an audience and sing along. I hate sitcoms so much. I hate jokes. I hate gag gifts. I kind of hate myself. I hate brothers who write. I hate the burden of like the happy birthday routine. Mascots are annoying. I hate them. I hate to see two bottoms fighting. I hate sprinkles. I hate public pools. I hate being told what I have to watch. I hate being criticized. I hate animal abuse. I hate being by myself. I wrote three books and I hated it. I hate not being in charge of my own show. Phil, if you had a list, forget about a list. If you had to name one thing, that was a very funny piece by Stern. If you had to name one thing at the top of your hate list, besides me. Oh, for the year that was 2022, Macedonia, Phil, what do you hate? Raisins. Raisins? Interesting. Don't like them. Is it the way they taste, the texture? No, it, it, no it has nothing to do with the taste. I don't like right. this. I hate this food. Not because of the way it tastes. It intimidates me. Yes, the taste. I don't like the taste of raisins. That's why I don't like them. That's the first thing that came to mind, raisins. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a really hateful You are person. such an interesting guy. It's just it's unbelievable what makes you tick. It's, and, and it's not true, too, because he hates a lot of things. Uh, I know, but no, raisins yes. at the very I'm top very of the list. Person. No, you hate a lot And by the way, he's picking his nose as he's telling me this. Uh, <laughs> Lou, what about you? What's um, the top of the hate list for Lou in 2022? That is an interesting question. Yeah. Driving in New York. Driving in New York. That's number one. I think no. if I had to pick for Lou, I think he'd say the coffee selection inside. Okay, good the, one. Uh, well, that's kitchen. why I keep buying, uh, bringing in Starbucks. So did Lewis. Yeah. Lewis uh, bought some Starbucks. Thanks to Pete Morgan. Yeah, the coffee blows back there for years. 
All right, so for you, it's driving in New York. First thing I can think of. Maybe coffee. For uh, Phil, it's raisins. <laughs> that was weird. Let me get uh, Deb Valentine. Uh, well, she can't because she's got her headphones on. Yeah, she's playing. What about Frankie Diaz? Frank, Frankie, uh, Frank. number one on the list of hate for you would be what? Uh, the tri-state area dating scene. Oh, you can't you can't get laid. I didn't say that. I just said yeah. the dating scene. You don't right. have to say that. Well, you can't get laid. <laughs> no, that's what you said. Yeah. No, I said, da- right. I said dating, like a, an actual relationship. Okay. As yeah. far as that, that <laughs> yeah. this whole you can have, you can have one with that. My New right. Year's resolution <laughs> is. Um, what do I have at the top of my hate list? This is tough because I do hate a you lot of stuff. I hate the listeners. <laughs> it's a lot of them. Yeah, that's the one I was going to guess for yeah. you. <laughs> the people you blocked. I mean, look, you know, I can go the easy route and go Joe Biden because I do hate him. Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, I do hate Kathy Hochul. Boring. Got to add some flavor. I know. Well, what would you think I should? What do you think I should say? Well, you know me very well. Do you like raisins? I love raisins. Yes. Can't put raisins. I like raisinets and goobers. If I go to the movies, like goobers. I love goobers. Yes. No. Okay. All right, I'll just go with Democrats. I hate Democrats. Boring. I know. Mm, Stupid. I I I I don't even hate Democrats. I like Eric Adams. So maybe I don't even hate Democrats. You hate a lot of Democratic. You friends. hate being told what, what to do. What to do. Oh, that's, that's it. There it is. Oh, there it is. There it is. Number one. Don't ever tell me what to do, unless your name is Danielle. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. it. She's the only that's one. <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> All right, we'll take a uh, a short break. Obviously, still to come, Lydia reports and Vice President Mike Pence. This hour, Lee Zeldin. Heather Monahan next hour. Night three. John and Margot Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg lighting the world's largest menorah. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas, folks. So much Hanukkah to celebrate This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Losses mount on Wall Street this week. The Dow Jones Industrials dipping more than 160 points yesterday. Meta and Amazon dragging the Nasdaq lower down more than 150 points. The market now riding a four-day losing streak after last week's interest rate hike. Recession fears are growing among investors who are hoping for a year-end rally. A big week for the housing market continues. Housing starts are forecast to have slipped again in November, falling to a two-year low. Wall Street also expecting a dip in building permits after home builder confidence fell to a 10-year low. Nike reporting earnings today. Revenue forecast to have slipped a bit again last quarter given the broader retail climate. Nike's been resilient, however, in the past, but shares are down 37% this year. Investors are looking for a positive Nike 2023 outlook. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial report keep listening for more to 77 wabc for the lou dobbs financial report this is lydia reports on 77 wabc here's lydia serrani this report is sponsored by benjamin steakhouse sid did you ever think the day would come where the word american in america would be deemed offensive harmful Yes. Uh, Over the last couple of years, nothing surprises me, especially something patriotic. This country seems to hate that now. 
Absolutely. And what's really crazy is this what are you is drinking? in our... Are, are you drinking? Sorry, I was having a cup of coffee. <laughs> I was my coffee. I got to wake good up. Oh, God. <laughs> I had some like weird dreams last night. You ever have a, like a night of sleep where you're like in and out of dreams? Yes. Like, I had I, the weirdest dreams. Yes. I actually dreamed last night that Lou Rufino came over wearing black lingerie. It was weird. Oh, right? my. Oh, I that, know. That's, yeah. No offense to Lou, but that's kind of a yeah. nightmare. Was that a dream um, now a reality? Did, did that happen? Oh. <laughs> was it Phil? No, he has was been it, in my closet it... before. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and then, and, and then yeah. Lou was dreaming he was at the mall. Right, he loves going to the mall. Oh, that's that's something you hate. Oh, well, that's Lou. on my list. Yeah. Oh, Justin right quickly there. said that he hates uh, preparing for Greg Kelly's show every day. He hates that. <laughs> you <laughs> you actually, that's a, that's the top of his hate list. Yeah. Uh, no, getting back to your point, okay. though. No, nothing surprises so, so, me about about hating America. Doesn't surprise me. No. Okay, well, the elite Stanford University, you know, that's an Ivy League school. you got to be real smart to get in there. They published an index of harmful language it plans to eliminate from the school's websites, etc. And among those words, American, because, quote, it refers to people from the United States, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. Well, we Can are. you believe this? I mean, we're the greatest country in the world. Forget about the Americas, but they want to replace it with U.S. citizen, but they don't like the word American. And so this goes right to our point that people that are woke, they hate America. So that that's what it means. It's like now it's cool. And they're teaching it in our schools that it's cool to hate America and everything that it stands for. It's kind of scary. No, it is scary. And that's why even when I criticize Republicans, I always say the Democrats are a thousand times worse, a thousand times worse. But I'm going to tell you this, it's getting very noisy, both sides. It's getting very noisy. This is why if you don't believe the election was rigged, if you do, there's nothing you can say about it. But if you don't believe the election was rigged, this is why Trump lost, because his policies were great. It got too noisy. And it's kind of getting there again right about now. So the left is a hundred times worse. The example you're giving this morning really exemplifies that. But the both sides, I don't know, Lydia, it's it's noisy. That's all I can say. Well, can't we all just uh, come together like, uh, you know, Mar- what was it, Andrew Cuomo and uh, Kellyanne Will Conway last night? you stop mentioning night? Andrew Oh, you're right. They did come together last night. They, what was they that They came all about? together last night. They went out together. What is that about? So I was reading online, and I, I don't think there's anything like, uh, like it was a date, but maybe it's kind of like this little swanky Italian restaurant that they went to. But I'm wondering if it's like she's a political strategist. She's a smart lady. Maybe he's thinking of getting back into the political arena. And he wanted to meet with her. But then again, this is like late at night. Why wouldn't you do it uh, in the afternoon? But wouldn't that be some kind of couple there? Well, that right? Because is... he hated Trump and she worked right. for Trump. And right. then they were seen out together. And then there's all this paparazzi outside waiting for them. So who called them? It's like weird. Well, that is a, a really odd combination. The biggest Trump enthusiast in the country with a guy that hated Donald Trump, who all of his supporters hate Cuomo and Conway. But to your point, you know, if those two, like I tell people all the time, people don't understand this business. Do you know who Sean Hannity talks to all the time? Al Sharpton. No. Al Sharpton. Did you know that Stephen A. Smith, who's as left as it gets on ESPN, he comes off as a moderate, but he's not really. He talks to guys like Sean Hannity and Mark Levin all the time. Point being that the idea that all these you know, right-side Republicans, these Trump supporters will never talk to and or hang out with lefties is 1,000% factually untrue. 
Don't be confused by what you hear on the radio and see on TV. People with power on both sides tend, tend to hang out and talk, even if you don't know about it. And the only way this country is ever, ever going to fix itself is if more of those people in the middle continue to congregate and talk because the far right, a lot of those Trump supporters, and the far left are both out of their minds. Exactly. And you have to reach across the aisle. You have to get those independents if you want to win in a general election. You can be as mad as hell as you want, but you'll be like AOC and you'll you'll win in the primary or be like, you know, anybody else who's on the far right and you'll win in the primary by a landslide. But then when it comes to the general election, who decides the election? It's the it's the moderates. It's the independents. And so you got to reach across that aisle and grab those people. And that's why I don't understand this whole border issue. Thank God Title 42 was put on pause because I have a lot of Democrat friends and not a single one of them thinks that it's good to have an open border and have 15,000 people pouring into this country, five million a year. So I I, I think a lot of these issues that we talk about, Democrats like so self-proclaimed Democrats would agree with us. They think it's crazy. No, I do. I, I agree with that. A lot of this stuff, of course, is the media-driven stuff, exaggerated by the media, talk shows. There's a lot of talk shows on this station that'll go on and on about how great Trump is, how people are trying to destroy Donald Trump. If you destroy Donald Trump, you're destroying the Republican Party, that Democrats only want open borders. And to your point, neither one of those things is necessarily true. The everyday no. folks walking around outside are a lot smarter. Although I will say this, if they are a lot smarter... How does Kathy Hochul ever win an election? That's my question. I have I have no idea. And now they want to turn Fifth Avenue into Times Square. That's I already can't stand. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. I, I, I don't know what, what's going on. I don't know. And Kathy Hochul, she's putting all these like race based initiatives and this and that lady. Just get people to pay the fare when they go on the subway. Can you just get the crazy people off the streets from pooping and pissing on the streets? Can we just like do that? Like the simple things. Can we walk down the street without worrying about getting slashed in the face? Like these are just kind common sense things and i don't know i mean I, it's a uh, it's uh it's really unfortunate but uh by the way a harvard harris poll found that like 74 percent of americans both democrats and republicans want stricter border security so this is this shouldn't be a right wing or a left wing it should be a red white and blue thing right right Sid? it is a should be a bipartisan issue yes but the way mayorkas talks about the border he's a liar the way Joe Biden talks about the, the, the border, liar, uh, and, and on and on. From Kamala Harris, there was somebody else who uh, was an O'Reilly. Or somebody brought up this morning. Paris Jean-Pierre, she Co- lies She lies. Margaret Raddix, whatever her name is, on ABC said this weekend that the Republicans are the problem because they yell and scream about the open border, and that's the motivation for South Americans and Mexicans to come. I mean, it's just the, de- the left does lie about this stuff. That doesn't help. But I do believe well, you that most people want it fixed. Absolutely. Well, I'm a proud American. I will say it to the rooftops for all to hear at Stanford University. You can go suck it. And this report is sponsored by Benjamin Steakhouse. Experience the best steaks, the best service, and the freshest seafood in their beautiful atmosphere. By the way, the guys that founded Benjamin Steakhouse, they came here as immigrants. They are the embodiment of the American dream. Check out their two locations, Westchester and Midtown, BenjaminSteakhouse.com. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning.
back here on Sid and Friends in the Morning and really honored and humbled to introduce my next guest, of course, uh, the Vice President of the United States of America, the great Mike Pence, who <laughs> looks said. great. You look like a million bucks. <laughs> it's so great spending time with you today. How are you? Thank you. Great. Great to be in New York. What a great time of the year. Come to the Big Apple. It's uh, wonderful to see you, and congratulations on all your success. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is a beautiful place this time of the year. I know you live in, in Indiana, for example, and you hear things about the city and Mayor Eric yeah. Adams and the crime yeah, and the right. dirt and the homeless. And you come, and when you get past all of that, there's a lot of really pretty Christmas lights. <laughs> well, they, you know, it's a, the city is beautiful, and actually we flew up with some friends. And they're not here in the studio with me because they're still out shopping. Oh, they still uh, and, uh, yeah. But no, it's, it's a special place. It's, you know, I always I, – I said this to my friend Lee Zeldin when he ran that magnificent campaign for governor that uh, came up short but, uh, but did so well. When I was campaigning with him, I said, look, New York is not optional. I mean, this is uh, arguably the greatest city in the world. And um, – uh, and it's just so important. And I know the time will come when we get when we get government as good as the people of New York once again. In my lifetime, if God's good to me, I'll be 56 in April, Mr. Mm. Vice President. <laughs> and I always say the two best presidents, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. Now, you are part of that great Trump administration. Yeah. We know what's happened since. For my listeners, this is a very big conservative, Trump-loving Republican audience. <laughs> How ugly is it? Is it irreparable? What is the real relationship right now on this morning between Mike Pence and Donald Trump? Well, let me let me just say first and foremost, I couldn't have been more proud to be vice president alongside President Donald Trump in four consequential years in this country. I mean, you think about it uh, with the president's leadership and the support of those great people you just referred to all over the country. Uh, we rebuilt our military. We revived the economy. We secured our border. We became energy independent. We appointed conservatives to our courts at every level, three Supreme Court justices. We watched our armed forces with given the direction and the freedom. They took down the ISIS caliphate. They took out Qasem Soleimani. Uh, I, I just I am so proud of that record. And in my new autobiography that came out a few weeks back, so help me God, I talk about that record, and uh, I'll, I'll always be proud of what we accomplished together. Obviously, it didn't end well. Um, the president and I had uh, uh, strong differences, clashed around January 6th. But I think if you read the pages of that book, Sid, you would also find that we, uh, we sat down in the days after that, uh, that, that uh, tumultuous day in early January 2021. We talked it out. Uh, we were straight with each other. And... Uh, we ultimately parted amicably. Now, we've gone our separate ways since then, but uh, I'll always be proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration, and and I'll never stop fighting for the things that we did to make this country stronger and more prosperous. 20 seconds on Trump. We'll move on. Uh, January 6th, of course, is a horrible date in the history of that administration. The DOJ now looking at some criminal referrals, maybe as many as three. I don't think the president did a very good job that day because I thought he waited too long to react. But he certainly didn't do anything criminal. When you hear that, that's a bit silly. Look, I, I um, as I said in my book, I thought the president's words and actions on January 6th were reckless. Um, um, but at, at the end of the day, as the Justice Department considers a way forward, I, I hope uh, that they would not move forward 
with an indictment against the former president of the United States. Look, I, I don't know that it's criminal to take bad advice from lawyers. Mm. Uh, and uh, we, those of us that lived through that day at the Capitol, every American that watched that day unfold, uh, you know, was, was saddened by it, uh, angered by it. But at the end of the day, I think our country wants to wants to have leadership that is focused on the issues that they're dealing with each and every day, whether it's high gas prices, high grocery prices, an unprecedented crisis at our border, crime in our cities. Uh, I think the last thing we need is is the kind of divisiveness that would come from an action like that by the Justice Department, and I hope they think otherwise. 30 seconds, Mr. Vice President. Are you ready, willing, and able to announce with me, your new friend Sid, <laughs> right here on WABC, <laughs> That you're going to run for president in 2024. <laughs> Sid, Sid, I promise I'm going to keep you posted. We, right. uh, my family's going to be home in Indiana for Christmas. First time in three years. We've got Marine Corps. We've got one in the Navy. And uh, we haven't been together because, because of deployments for all that time. So we're going to spend time together as a family. That's great. We're going to keep listening to the American people. And uh, uh, we're going to go where we're called. Because I, I, I'm... I'm proud of the record that we created, but I'm very concerned about where this country is today. Uh, and if if we uh, think that we can make a difference, put this country back on the path to security and prosperity, uh, build on those great American ideals, uh, we won't hesitate to do it. But uh, I'll keep you posted. All right. Where's the best and easiest place for the American public to buy your great new book? Uh, it's available everywhere. It's entitled So Help Me God. I, I hope uh, people will... To see it as a as a plain spoken story from a small town guy from southern Indiana who uh, who got a chance to to live his dreams of serving in Washington D.C., helping to lead his state, and then being part of an administration that left America stronger and more prosperous. And it was my family, it was my upbringing, it was my idealism, and ultimately my faith in God that made it all possible. What a great uh, pleasure to meet you. Uh, again, Mr. Vice President Mike Pence, part of that tremendous Trump organization, administration, considering running for president in 2024. But my daughter goes to school in Wales, in Europe, two hours mm. outside of London. I haven't seen her in three months. Mm. She's coming home tonight to spend Christmas and New Year's <laughs> with us, so I know exactly how you're feeling, and it's a beautiful feeling. It's, it's perfect for Christmas, it right? It is. Well, it give is. her a Merry Christmas from you the Pences and, and to you, your family, and all your listeners. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Vice President Mike Pence will take a short break. More of Sid and Friends here on Talk Radio 77 WABC right after these short messages. And what's your life?
77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket for my destination. Pete Morgan, great with Pence. Joseph Abood, wow. You should no longer talk to the likes of me. I'm not worthy. Great conversation with the vice president. Love you so much. So proud. Peter King. Great job with Mike Pence, really good guy. He's a personal friend and neighbor of all-time great Brooklyn Dodger pitcher Carl Erskine. Mike bought me off with autographed baseball from Carl. So, anyway, uh, people did enjoy that conversation. Not a guy you can hate. I don't know what you hate about him. I don't know. I mean, him and Trump clearly disagreed on January 6th. I guess Trump felt like he was disloyal. And uh, Trump was the one who went on a um, on a hate spree more than Mike Pence. I remember saying to uh, Pence yesterday, I said, if you decide to run, it's difficult for you because you need to talk about all the great things your administration did. And all of those were spearheaded by the great president, Donald Trump. Yet, if you're going to primary him, you got to distance yourself from him. But if you jump ugly with them, then people are going to say you're disloyal. And he agreed. It's kind of a tough spot. Now, I know somebody sent me a poll this morning where it was like DeSantis, some number in the 30s, and Trump, some number in the 30s, and Mike Pence, 5%. But even if Mike Pence can't win, I'm sure he knows that. That's not going to stop him from running and others from running just to have a voice and to bring some competition. Don't forget when Donald Trump won. In 2016, he vanquished 17 people to his credit. Some impressive folks in there, right? Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, who we thought was a much better candidate than he was. Trump just ate him alive. He vanquished 17. There won't be that many this time, but it ain't going to be just Donnie and Ronnie, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, Lee Zeldin is coming up next. The lovely keynote speaker, author Heather Monahan, live in studio, coming up at 925. Maybe some phone calls, too, before we wrap things up. It's the fourth and final hour of what's already been a great Sid and Friends in the Morning Show. And it's only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Same to me, the movies and the factories. And every stranger's face I see reminds me that I love to be. In this fast-paced world, not everyone has 30 minutes to listen to an entire podcast. So we created the 77 WABC minicast. It's topical, it's informative, and entertaining. And it's only 10 minutes. 
Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The 77 WABC minicast. The facts you need in only 10 New York minutes. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Is Sid and friends in the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Here she comes. Lee Selden is set to join me momentarily. Again, special thanks to Vice President Mike Pence, who was terrific, so was Bo Deedle earlier. And then after uh, Lee is on, I've got a, a friend of mine in studio, a friend of mine from my days in Miami, beautiful woman, by the way, Heather Monahan, mastering your beliefs, actions, and knowledge to conquer any adversity. And the name of the book is Overcome Your Villain. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation. I've got all these, um, I've got all these villains, but they're in my head. If you know what I'm saying, Heather. So I'm one of these, one of these guys that comes off on the air. People call me narcissistic, and they couldn't be dumber. I'm the most tortured person you've ever met. For four hours a day, I put on this persona because I do get great ratings and I bring in a lot of money, and people do tend to love me. That I'm the man. The other 20 hours, I struggle with just about everything else. Everything else. Well, I've known you for more than 20 years. I've known you from lower days, which we yeah. were just talking about, right? So I Very see, listen, I see the amazing side of you, and, I, and I've been with you through the, through the tough times. And I think that people oftentimes just see, they celebrate the success and yeah. who you are today and the movies and the, you know, and you're with the VP and this and that. But people don't also understand you've been through some really tough times. Yes, a lot of those were, um, of course, I did to myself. I'm, I don't blame anybody else. Those were self-afflicted, much like when Donald Trump screws up. You know what I'm saying? This guy tries to sabotage his great, his great presidential run every day of the week, and mine a little more serious because I end up in rehab and jail. But it's kind of the same thing. Uh, let me get to you momentarily. My next guest did a great job in his run for governor, really did an inspiring run, a tremendous campaign, nearly beat Kathy Hochul, despite being outnumbered three to one in this state. Why is that? Because he's a good man. He's an honest man. He had a great message. And New Yorkers on every side appreciated what he brought to the table on a daily basis. Proud to call him a friend, my man Lee Zeldin. Lee, good morning, pal. How are you? Hey, good morning, Sid. Great to be with you. Nice to have you, too. You know, later on tonight, the tradition continues, Lee, for the third consecutive year, John and Margot Katsimatidis, I know you love them, They've invited me to light the largest menorah in the world. It's across the street from the Plaza Hotel on Fifth Avenue. You've got to take a crane up. That's how high the actual light is to light it. You are a, a proud Jewish man celebrating day two of Hanukkah, third night of Hanukkah. How cool is that? Uh, that's very cool. And uh, it's great that John and Margot do their part to, uh, to promote Hanukkah. Uh, it's something that for many tourists and, and others who maybe don't celebrate, uh, it's a nice little reminder of uh, how important uh, this time of year is to, to the city. And uh, we have a, a big Jewish population. I'm sure a lot of 
uh, your listeners tuning in uh, in the middle of the, the Festival of Lights. And uh, it's a period where, you know, while you can have plenty to discuss of uh, challenges facing our our city, our state, our country, uh, it's just nice to be able to just sit back um, for a moment with family to reflect for health and happiness in the year ahead. Uh, hopefully you are having a great Hanukkah with your family. Wow. And I wish you and the team a great new year. Oh, you too, Lee. Thank you so much. And your message is, uh, is appreciated, but you did talk about some of the other things going on in this city. And one of those things is this incredible rise specifically in anti-Semitic attacks. Here we are talking about Hanukkah and Jews have become the hunted. Here in New York, the numbers are through the roof. I've got Dove hiking on like every every week now at this point. I did hear Commissioner Shul talk about it yesterday. Eric Adams, the mayor, he has spoken about it as well. Do you think the city is doing enough to combat this huge issue, anti-Semitic crime? Well, I, honestly, I'm one of those people who subscribe to a belief that nobody's doing enough. You, know, you can't ever do enough here. The numbers are, are headed in the wrong direction. There are uh, too many people who are committing crimes related to anti-Semitism who don't end up facing the consequences that they should for uh, their actions. And uh, Dove Hyken, uh, Americans Against Anti-Semitism, came out with a report a few years back, I'm sure he's spoken to you about it on air, that highlights how few of these crimes are actually prosecuted. And you can have some kind of a forum, a roundtable, and you could talk about your different ideas, and you could have the DAs there and, uh, and law enforcement and whatnot. But at, at the end of the day, if you really want to get serious about it, the crimes that are being committed need to, with a zero-tolerance policy, result in a bunch of people actually doing time for what are crimes. Yep. And you know, when you, you know, have somebody like uh, an Alvin Bragg uh, giving remarks about how he had a productive meeting and talking about solutions, now I'm past that with this guy. I mean, he made it clear out of the gate, you know, the DAs like him – uh, are there as defense attorneys, not district attorneys. And there's a lot of people who uh, who are getting hurt. And this is a new day and age where folks have their their cell phones. We're seeing it on social medias, the videos of anti-Semitic attacks. And it's not something like it happens you know, once every couple of months and then we talk about it. I mean, I, I've seen it in, in Brooklyn where in particular areas – they're talking on the weekends about three violent assaults that took place just a week prior. So, no, I, I don't think that anyone is doing enough. We always have to find ways to do more because the numbers are heading the wrong direction. Just had uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, on. Actually, your friend and mine, Lee, the great Knicks announcer and uh, NBA announcer, Mike, bringing some of this text. He says, hello, Sid. Once at the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, a couple thought I was Mike Pence the husband said, hello, Mr. Vice President. The wife gave me a dirty look from Mike Breen. But Pence uh, did, in fact, mention you and talked about the courageous campaign that you ran. And that brings me to an Instagram message I received moments ago from a fan of the show. I want to read it to you. Get your opinion. He's upset because I'm critical of Donald Trump. And he's upset because I think that maybe the moderate way is the way to win. He goes on to say, if moderate is the way to go... The Republicans will lose. Republicans win when we nominate conservatives. Reagan, Trump, and even G.W. Bush ran as conservatives. Bipartisanship is dead, period. 
Is this listener Tony correct? Well, I mean, I think there's a difference between bipartisanship and uniparty. You know, there are people out there who are in power who think that compromise is where the other person agrees with your person, uh, your position, 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's not that's not compromise. And I, and I feel like on many different issues. I mean, I've seen it through my years in service on on veterans related issues. For example, I could think of plenty of other examples where I, I had common ground on my issue, my position with a Democrat, and we worked together to be able to get something good done to help veterans. Veterans of post-traumatic stress disorder in New York. We created the PFC Joseph Dwyer program, peer-to-peer support, started in four counties, expanded to over a couple dozen counties across the state. How did that happen? Republicans and Democrats working together. Now, what's different is I don't believe that the best way for Republicans to get votes from Democrats is to act like a Democrat. Don't leave voters with a choice between a Democrat and a Democrat light. What we need to be doing is articulating in particular communities that Republicans haven't gone for a really long time why it is that they should give Republicans a chance. People don't understand. Well, why is it that Democrat voter in a city where the individual, their family, their community is being harmed by Democratic policies, why are they continuing to vote Democrat? They should be voting Republican. Well, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't is what they think. And in order for Republicans to earn that relationship, you need to show up. And you need to – when you're showing up, don't pathetically pander for votes from the black community, the Asian community, the Hispanic community by saying, I love black people, vote for me. I love Hispanic people, vote for me. I love Asian people, vote for me. What you need to be doing is showing up in these communities and saying, we need to make safety on these streets better. Here's how. We need to improve the quality of education in your kid's school. Here's how. So you know, what we need to be doing is, is leaning into the cities going into areas that Republicans haven't shown up in a long time. And it's not about how we need to do better in some uniparty message or acting like a Democrat light. What we need to be doing is explaining to them why we have the positions that we do on the issues that will provide for upward economic mobility, mental health, higher quality education, safety on the streets. And For me, I, I happen to think that when you are nominating a, a presidential candidate for the 2024 elections it's not going to be the person who does the best job in just communicating to the base and it's not about the person who can best communicate to people who are outside of the base or new voters it's the individual who's willing to step up and knows how to create a movement by communicating to everyone next level energy from their base with the way you engage with them but not compromising your principles you're able to reach out to ticket splitters and people who have voted Democrat their entire life, but they say, you know what? This year I'm voting for you, and they're not doing it on a fluke. They're not doing it just because they gave up on the Democratic Party. It's because you showed up, you work hard to earn their support and build that relationship. But who is that person? Like, that's not Trump. Maybe it's DeSantis, I don't know, but does that person exist where they can deliver the Republican message, which you and I live by, but at the same time not alienate the other side to a maybe the other side considers Voting for that person? Who is that person? Well, I mean, I think it's a lot about how you run a campaign. It's about time management. Because you're in a Republican presidential primary, you're inclined to just communicate to the base. And then you say once you get the nomination, then you're going to start communicating 
beyond the base. But you have 36 million registered Republicans between now and, and these primaries being settled, and a lot of campaigns are inclined to be communicating to those folks. I would say that, quite honestly, they're all capable of doing it. They, they really are. But you have to run a campaign where you're, you're, you're not just – some of these campaigns are white papers, no slogans. Other campaigns are slogans, no white papers. <laughs> You can have the best ideas if you have no idea how to communicate it out to the people. It doesn't matter. People can't relate to how your ideas are going to make their life better. But if you want to create a movement, it's not based off what you're against. Joe Biden's bad. Democratic Party is bad. You create a movement by saying this is what I am for. All of these candidates who are being mentioned of potential Republican presidential candidates in 24, they're all capable of this. But you have to run a campaign that is exceptionally well run that gets it that is putting your candidate and your candidate's message into these areas beyond just the base all right three minutes to go i want to get to two more things with you lee you've been very outspoken about the immigration crisis i know justice roberts supreme court gives us another 24 hours so now looks like title 42 will run out on thursday instead of wednesday either way we're about to get hammered here in new york city and quite frankly many states across the country. Eric Adams wants a billion dollars. He's not going to get it. Kathy Hochul says nothing as far as I know. What would you do if, in fact, you were in power in New York to help with the migrant crisis? Well, honestly, this is first and foremost on Joe Biden's lap. And regardless of whether it's red state, blue state, red city, blue city, everyone can be totally on the same page on how to resolve this crisis at our southern border and what it's caused with new crises inside of our country. But if you're going to have the federal government, if you're going to have the Biden administration just sitting on their hands and not actually tackling it, it doesn't matter what kind of a good day you have today getting on the same page to solve it. It's going to get worse tomorrow. If you're going to get rid of Title 42, you have to be replacing it with a, a strong substitute. Because you're saying, okay, there's no COVID health emergency, so we're getting rid of Title 42. But there's still a health emergency. Look at the pictures in the video of the people who are stacked up. They come across the border, and there's a health emergency when they, with catch and release. They come out across our entire country. There's a fiscal emergency, as you see shelters overrun, a housing crisis caused in New York, a strain on our education system. There's a national security crisis that is created. So if, if you're going to get rid of Title 42, you need to have an adequate substitute. I believe that we should finish construction of the border wall. We should end catch and release. Um, we, we should enforce the Remain in Mexico policy. We should support our Customs and Border Patrol agents, and we should stop incentivizing and rewarding illegal entry, which is one area where the state can do a much better job because the state and the city both have policies that are sanctuary state and sanctuary city policies that encourage people to come illegally. Uh, but, again, you could do everything in your power here at the state and the city level. doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. Ultimately, at the end of the day, no one's going to be able to solve this if the federal government, if the Biden administration is unwilling to do what they need to do to deal with the crisis of their making. Now, we need your voice out there, man. I mean, I don't know if you're going to go, like, do something at Suffolk County now. Last you were on, Lee, you were going to make a big announcement, and the overwhelming majority of the audience thought you were going to say you're the new RNC chair. But you came on and said, no, nah, this is pretty much rigged. Ronald McDaniel's coming back. I'm not getting that gig. So any closer to doing something else? You're too important a voice, Lee Zeldin, to not have a major job in politics. I mean that. 
Well, listen, I, I just plan on just sitting around and doing nothing every couple of weeks until that text comes in from Sid, can you come on this morning? And then, and then that sense of purpose in life, it all crystallizes. Yeah. Hey, don't, uh, by the way, don't minimize. There's like a million Amer- uh, New Yorkers listening right now going, my God, this guy's so smart. He's so good. Why did they vote for a Hulk? Why can't we have him? So uh, even though, yes, you coming on has become a very, very big deal, there may be something bigger, I think, in, in your future. No, listen, right? I, ser- seriously, I, I mean, I hear it when uh, in my travels. People are always telling me, like, I, I, I love listening to you on Sid. And you can tell by the amount of people who say that to me just how big and loyal the audience is. And what's the wildest is when I'm getting feedback from people who don't even have the, the radio connection where they live, like when they're driving in their car. And they're filling me in on all of their creative ways to figure out how to get access to the show. Uh, it's not just in the, you know, the New York City area, as, as you well know. Uh, but uh, no, I, I will admit, well, I, I do love it when you tell me that you walk into Congress and Steve Scalise out of Louisiana or Jim Jordan out of Ohio are like, hey, how's my boy Sid doing? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. On the floor of the House of Representatives, conversations have started with you know, Steve Scalise asking me about Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's pretty special, uh, oh, you know. Really, the the, the reach that, that you have is just it's hard to be able to get to, and it, it requires many, many, many years of just of just getting it right. And uh, I'm just Thank glad you. that you uh, you lost a dear, dear friend. Yes. And and I know that you know is you know, a partner, and to pick yourself up to be able to just continue to drive on. It's it's not easy, but thank God that you did. Uh, and, you know, we're just all very grateful that you're no. on air and you're, you're pounding away and, and keeping the message out and you're not going anywhere. And, you know, as, you know same thing for me in my own way. Listen, I'm, I'm undeterred. I'm more motivated than ever to double down, triple down in my passion to do my part to be able to save this country. And, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, uh, I'll be announcing what I'm going to do as next moves. I'm in Congress until January 2nd, and then we'll hit the ground running after that. But you know, regardless of whether it's two months, two years, 15 years from now, the way I envision my life is one that is always finding ways to be able to help make a difference to save the city, state, and country. And when you say that, there's no doubt in anybody's mind you mean it. Let's people say that you actually mean it. Listen, I love you, Lee Zeldin. I want to wish you and um, your beautiful family, and they are beautiful, your wife and two daughters, happy Hanukkah, a very, very happy New Year. I won't be back until 2023. We'll talk again then. Thank you for all you've done for me on this show, coming on over the last year during your gubernatorial race, coming on afterwards. It means a lot to me and my audience. So thank you. Happy holidays. I love you. We'll talk in 2023, pal. Yes, sir. Happy New Year. You too. There he is, the great Lee Zeldin. And he'll be back, as he said, if not often, with a major announcement coming your way, possibly as early as January. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. It's a pretty good run. Mike Pence into Lee Zeldin. Another great guest live in studio, the very beautiful Heather Monahan. Her book is out, Overcome Your Villains. We're going to talk to Heather about a whole bunch of stuff. Keep it right here. Sid Rosenberg, Sid and Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Huey Lewis on the news. Did you smoke weed with Huey Lewis, Lou? Did you, did, did you smoke weed with Huey Lewis? I'm the wrong guy. I know you smoked with the guy from the band, but... Levon. Levon Helm, but not Huey Lewis? You do uh, coke no, with Huey? I you did him. something. I met him a couple of times, I think, though. You did some type of drugs with uh, Huey, no? Uh, just go with it, just go with it. No, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was uh, uh, unfiltered... Uh, <laughs> I did heroin with Huey. I'm sure you did. Uh, Joe Nunziata and his buddy Kono check in. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. I love Phil. both of you guys. There's Phil for you, folks. So this morning, if you missed it, labeled one of the cuts I played as the Attorney General Letitia James, which wouldn't be an issue if it wasn't, in fact, the police commissioner, Keyshawn Chu. Yeah, we're still going to dwell on that. I thought we moved past things. You apologized. <laughs> I accepted the apology. What do you mean apology. I apologized? We're all good You now, labeled so it incorrectly. I look nah, like a no, moron. That's what happened. Don't no. skew the, the past okay, to, fine. in your favor. Okay. Things happen, now they're over with. All right. 77 WABC listeners, you've got the chance to win a signed WABC Music Radio T-shirt from our very own Cousin Brucie. Join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the 77 WABC app or go to wabcradio.com slash VIP to join. It's the newest and most rewarding way to be part of the 77 WABC family. Every week, we're giving away prizes to our members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more. This week, one lucky 77 WABC VIP member will be chosen to receive a signed WABC Music Radio t-shirt from our very own legend, Cousin Brucie. All you got to do is sign up for 77 WABC's VIP club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. By signing up, you'll receive a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's reward. Join the 77 WABC VIP club today. It's like reading the Iliad. It's like Homer. It's Cousin Brucey, baby. But why is the promo so long? Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, it annoyed me. Okay. I'm in a bad mood again now. All right. And I got so the stress test coming up, and I'm stressed again. <laughs> Leslie uh, Slender is very nervous about the stress test. Why? She thinks I'm going to die, why? and I make all the money in this place. She's in sales. I don't think you're going to die. All right. I hope you don't die. No. We need yeah, to. Phil's counting on it. He gets worried every <laughs> yeah. day. I don't know what to do tomorrow. He doesn't day. even care though about me personally. He just wants to make sure I'm here because he needs a job. I, well, yeah. Well Would you even go to my funeral if I died? Uh, yeah, of course. All right. That's very nice of you. I'd make an appearance. But okay. don't ask me to go to the wake. Too. <laughs> I don't have a wake. I'm Jewish, you moron. You have to pay shiver call. You have, come to, and you have to what? You have to sit on a box and don't look in the mirror. I sit on boxes all the time. That's Perfect. No, that's don't, no look the, <laughs> yeah. don't look in the mirror? Oh, yeah. Don't look in the mirror because they're covered. Are they really? Yes. 
Tell why, me why is that? Oh, don't worry about it. Listen, Heather Monahan is in studio. <laughs> the book is Overcome Your Villains: Mastering Your Beliefs actions, and knowledge to conquer any adversity. Heather, I know from my days in Miami, these would be the WQIM days, which I believe for me was 2010 to 2012 in that area. And um, somehow you're also friends with the sales uh, exec here, the man who runs the sales department, Glenn Tacinelli. I never really knew how that whole thing came about. Come close to the microphone and tell well, me how that happened. So my, you were always the talent, obviously. Thank you. And uh, in, in the best that we had. However, I ran sales for the company. I was the chief revenue officer. So. This was Beasley, the Beasley group. Exactly. I spoke to Georgia Beasley actually about two weeks ago. She's got a cute new uh, boyfriend and, and a whole thing, and uh, she seems very, very happy. So did you know that? Oh, good for them. That's a family that fired me. <laughs> They fired me too, sweetheart. I know they fired me too. Okay, so so you're running Beasley, but you're operating out of the QAM building where I'm yes. doing the, the the local show. Right, right. Life, life was very different back then for both of us. Was it good then? I mean, it seemed okay. It was one of those, and I'm sure you've had this in your life, and, and people listening have had this. You're in a routine, right? And it seems like everything you know what the future holds for you. It's very clear. No, you know, no, 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 not for me. Not for me. Well, at that I, point, I got no. more emails that said I-95 North is right up the road because all I would do, Heather, on most days is go on the air and complain. I say the weather is gorgeous, everything is brand new, but what a horrible place to be. I couldn't wait to move back to New York. I was the only schmuck that at 50 years old went north instead of south. I got tired of dinners at 5 o'clock at night, the same boring conversation at the pool, everybody swinging inside my neighborhood, coke dealers and day traders running the show all over Boca Raton. I got tired of it. Yeah, but then you missed the right time, which was pandemic with DeSantis Well, in you're right Miami. about that. So how great is it living, because you still live there, yeah. living in South Florida with Ron DeSantis as the governor? Incredible. I'm so team DeSantis and just Listening to your previous guest, I mean, he is our hope for, you know, I mean, he he's the future. Were you a Trump supporter before ever? Uh, of course I was. Yeah. Okay, so you voted for Donald Trump. I did. But right now, because a lot of folks on this show that are my friends, I mean, big time people, Peter King, 40 years as a Republican congressman, Bo Deedle, 30 years as a Republican cop. The listeners hate him and they discount their Republican views because they're anti-Trump, which is ridiculous. Are you one of those folks that is moving away from Trump and would vote for DeSantis instead? Absolutely. I've moved away from him. Here's why. Listen, he made, in my opinion, he made great business decisions as a president. However, he lost it from, you know, what he did on social media was ridiculous. I yeah. mean, it was far too emotional. It, just, it was too out of control. You, you got to reel it back in. Can't someone reel a guy back in? Obviously not. So to me, DeSantis is going to make those same great decisions, and he's not going to come off the rails. He'll be able to bring people together. I see you sound like so many people I speak to today. Uh, uh, how are you convinced that Ron will actually run for president? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does he not? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a done deal. You know, could just imagine you would have had the guy who was smoking meth naked with some gay guy in a hotel down in Florida, he would have been your governor. What's his name again? Uh, Gillum or something? Or He was a guy that DeSantis beat. That would have been your governor. Instead, you've got a guy now that is the odds-on favorite to win the presidency. And believe me, I was down in Florida quite a bit. I still live in Boca, obviously, during the pandemic. And it was the only place you can go, not wear a mask everywhere, 
walk up and down the beach. Nobody looked twice at you. I would walk in the park in Central Park in, in 80 degree temperatures and get yelled at for not wearing a mask. It was so crazy. You know, leadership is something that you can see so clearly in motion. And to me, People were, you know, Fauci, so many people were against Ron DeSantis. He did not back down. I know that. He stood yep. in his word. And, and I have so much respect. It takes so much courage and class yeah. to stand and, not, you know, he didn't unravel. He just stood very firm in his beliefs. And it turns out the guy was right. He's not huge on personality, though. To be honest, I mean, uh, Trump has a lot more charisma than Ron DeSantis. Well, we were just speaking off air about this, that unfortunately we live in a world where people are, they're swayed by that, by charisma. What do you mean unfortunately? That's why I'm successful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, it can behoove you, but people need to look beyond that. And as you were saying, people can develop charisma, be coached into it, right? The more experience and whatnot. Obviously, he's better today than he was before. Yeah. But. He has the proof behind him. Look at his record. Look what he did. To me, that speaks volumes. Well, I think in this book, Overcome Your Villains, and we'll talk about this after this break, you probably talk about, and maybe you don't, I haven't read it yet, but maybe you do talk about all the things that we seem to take as important, like charisma, for example, when in fact there's a lot of substance that has nothing to do with how you interview, how you dress, how you look. Is that some of the stuff that's inside this book? Uh, absolutely. So much about this is about our own personal beliefs, the, the, the thoughts that we have and, and the feelings that we have internally. And I think that typically that's people's biggest villain is, you know, the thoughts that you have about yourself. A hundred percent. That's mine. I can tell you that. So we'll get back with you. Heather Monahan, the book, once again, Overcome Your Villains. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar if I was to say to you. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, so my sports guy, Justin Ellick, Heather has a crush on you. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Is that um, like told, a younger guy? He told me when he came in. He's like, what is that in the studio? I mean, what do you mean, what is that? <laughs> what, what is that? No wonder um, he's not with anybody yeah. <laughs> right now. Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> right. It's no wonder. Heather Monahan, the book is Overcome Your Villains, Mastering Your Beliefs, Actions, and Knowledge to conquer any adversity. Now, this is book number two or three for you. Two. Number two. You okay. had me on with the first one, I Confidence Creator. Thank I, you. And how many years ago was that? That was 2018. Okay, so about, was Bernie in studio with us? Yes. Okay, great. Okay. Um, of course, if you don't know, Bernie has since passed away. We come live to you this morning from the Bernard McGurk studio, and I miss him. Uh, these books, are they more motivational? Uh, is it about advice? The second book, how, how would you categorize your books? Let's cut to the chase. Here's how Forbes categorized it. It was the top five book for business for women in business in 2021. Is that what the newest book? The new one, Overcome Your Villains, yeah. Top five, according to Forbes Forbes. business books for women. Now, when you say for women, besides the obvious, which is you're a woman, uh, why for women? Well, I, I don't agree that it is for women. When I write or when I teach anything, I'm teaching from personal experience, which is applicable to men or women. I don't write primarily for women. So uh, that women found it valuable on that list, great. I'll take it and I'm grateful for it. However, anyone can benefit from my experience, you know, growing up, 
for living on food stamps and making it to the C-suite in corporate America, I share the hacks yeah. and, and tips and tricks that I learned along the way, pull the curtain back, and teach other people how well, to do it. Well, you have to understand, this is still, you know, this, this is still a very uh, chauvinistic society. Uh, men say all the right things, but truth be told, most men are intimidated by a powerful, and in your case, beautiful woman. This They'll is why I'm single. Is, are you are you yes. still single? Yes. Yeah, because you scare the hell out of guys. You're good looking and smart, but guys <laughs> will never admit that. Oh no 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 no! But it's true. But women or young girls will say, "Hey, Heather Monahan, I want to be like you." So you almost have to capitalize on that. How poor were you? Where'd you grow up? Oh my gosh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh sure. I, I was living in a trailer behind my grandparents' no, home. No, come on. Yes, my mom had four kids, single mother. Um, for many years, and and that's what we did to get by. So how'd you end up in Miami and then writing all these books and becoming this huge success you are today? What was the... Give me the the Monarch Note version. Yeah, let me give you the catalyst. Stay away from my... I had a dog named Joey and then all that type of stuff. Got it. (laughs) So Cliff Notes, um, you know, I started with a paper route and then waiting tables and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, I was always fine-tuning my sales skills as I was coming up as a kid. Um, Got into sales at the Gala Winery, and my boyfriend cheated on me. And it was like this pivotal moment where I went to work the next day. I was a disaster. I just started in the radio business at this point. And the owner of the station said to me, hey, you want to get out of here? You want to get on a flight and move somewhere? Don't ask me where you're going. Get on the flight with me. Become my partner. I'm going to make you a really rich girl. And, now, where, I, and now, I said, yes. Where did this flight originate from? Worcester, Massachusetts. And it ended up in Miami. No, it ended up in Saginaw, Michigan. Sa- oh, my God. That's a horrible place. Now, did you end up sleeping with this guy? This, no. Uh, I'm sure this, you did, of course. He was did. a great... Stop no, it. he's on, Heather, married please. to the same woman, Leslie. He's a great person. Oh, no, I'm sure you did. No, no, absolutely not. However, <laughs> yeah. you know, to your point... At the time, I was 25 years old. People assumed I was his girlfriend. Course, and that was, a, that was a hard time because I had to prove myself, which I did. We bought that company for $25 million. I sold it for $55 million in under three years. What do years. you mean we and us? So well, you, you became a part owner? I was an owner? equity partner, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. What, what, do you remember exactly what you put up to, to buy it? I put up me. I moved. My moved. partner put so, the money up, and he stayed in Boston, and I moved to Saginaw, Michigan, and I ran the operation. And you actually sold that station, did you say? For, for $55 million. So yeah. by the time you got to Miami and I met you, yeah. you were already doing very well financially. I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't put, put into people's business. I just knew you. I was this really sweet lady. I enjoyed working with you. But by the time you got there, you were a major success. So you didn't need the Beasleys at that point for anything. No. No, I saw an opportunity, and I remember I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist, and everyone told me, you're never going to get that. And I said, no, this company needs to go to the next level. I see an opportunity. I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist, but I pitched myself to the wrong person. And for everyone listening right now, never ask someone for a yes if they can only give you a no. Mm. And that's what I did incorrectly. I ended up resigning, and that's when they actually appointed me to VP of sales of the entire company, and that's when I moved to Miami. Gotcha. So uh, that's a good piece of advice you gave just now. Don't go to somebody who is going to give you a no. They can't give you a yes. What else in inside this book specifically is great advice for young folks who want to master business, as you have done? Oh, my gosh. I give so many tips. You know, never ask people for direction if they haven't been where you're going. That's some a piece of advice I wish I had known years ago. I used to ask my mother, what do you think about this opportunity? She had no idea. Right? Like, yeah. why, am I, why do people defer to the most random individuals? Well, you know what, on, on a level not inside your book that I could at least appreciate when you say that is, why do people ask folks who don't have kids 
what to do with their kids. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I will tell you as a father of two, when I hear somebody try to give me advice who's never had a kid, I want to punch them across the face. As I, you I, should. Right. I think in life, with, with anything you do, whether it's parenting or business, whatever it is, if you don't have experience in it, okay, you're better off shutting up. But that's not the world we live in. Everyone wants to be an expert. Every Instagram right. model is an expert in business and in well, fitness. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's an expert in everything. BS, I call BS on that. Like, look at people's track record. And this goes back to DeSantis. Look at the decisions people make. Like, we live in a world, it, it's transparent. You can do your homework. Take the time and do your homework on people. Go do your homework on me. Go take a look at what I've done for stock prices on the companies I've run. What have you done for stock prices? Well, let's put it this way. The company that fired me was trading at $11 a day I was fired, and today I think it's a penny stock. Is that right? Yes. So you take an inordinate glee in that, don't you? You You know what? That's crappy for me. It is, but you do. You love it, don't you? No. Wait a minute. Wait. One of the things that I've moved through, and it's funny that you're highlighting this, I came to a point where I was obsessing for a while about it. Like when you get fired, I was like, "Oh, like I want to. Yeah. I hope they're doing badly, right, you know." And that's right. that's not good for me. I was no. giving my power and energy to somebody that I shouldn't be giving it to. I had to come to a place. It took me a couple of years to forgive these mm. people, which yeah. was super hard to do. But I decided to do it not because they asked me for it. I don't speak to them, but for me, I wanted to release myself from no, that listen, negativity. I, first of all, I get fired too often, so I don't have any time. <laughs> To really develop any good resentment, like I get fired every three years. This, for me, I'm going on seven years. is like a miracle for me. But to your point, even as an addict, okay, one of the things they tell you first, AAGA, SA, I don't care where it is, is to bury all the resentment because that resentment will lead you back to drinking or drugging or sex, whatever you do. So there is, there's a few emotions that do nothing for you in life. I mean nothing. Resent, anger does nothing for you. Feels good for the second. But never, ever, ever fixes any situation. So if you can remove that from your life, which you can do now, obviously, then you're going to find yourself in a much happier place. Yeah. Because those emotions are a waste of time and stress. They say it's, you know, you take the poison pill and you think you're hurting the other person. You're only killing yourself. However, in the moment, it's hard to have that self-awareness. Of course, of course. Look what I'm talking. You can make it made every single day, 100 times a day. That's the stress test. (laughs) All right. We'll come back with Heather Monaghan and wrap things up. It's been a terrific Tuesday morning show. I want to remind you folks, we'll be lighting the big menorah on Fifth Avenue right across from the Plaza Hotel at 5.30 tonight. Me, John, and Margot Katz and Matides. And then, of course, I've got the big annual police ball with Stephen Van Zandt coming up at 7. Stress test at 12. But we wrap it up with Heather Monahan on this Tuesday edition right after these short messages. and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I was just telling Heather the story about Kelly Ripper when she held up the book in front of the audience and the horror she must have felt after she realized what was inside the book. 
because she asked me about uh, women on the show. We bring tons of women on the show, including you. Uh, Heather, on the way out, the book, once again, Overcome Your Villains, available, I guess, at Amazon, all those places. Everywhere, but the Audible is the best because I narrate it and I give behind the scenes. It's so good. Oh, that is cool. They asked me to do it. I haven't done it yet. I have to do that one of these days. Come on, get to work. It's a lot of work, 250 pages to read after being on the air for four yeah, hours. Yeah, but you're going to be great at it because of what you do. I know, but it's, it's still a lot of work. Um, tell me the, the message this book what you really wanted to get out to, to the reader. What is the main message of this book? No matter what adversity you're facing, there is a way to overcome it. I've boiled my life down to how I've overcome every major hurdle that I had to face. And it's a three-step process, beliefs, action, and knowledge, and it will work for you. No matter what? No matter what. Okay. I bought, listen, you are the living proof of that whole thing. So, and I, I think I, I am, living too. it. Yeah, you, you totally are. are. <laughs> yeah, I guess You're my I inspiration. Am. Uh, thank you, Heather. Heather Monahan, folks. Again, the book is Overcome Your Villains. I want to thank all of our guests today. Bo Deedle was terrific. Vice President Mike Pence. And, uh, of course, Lee Zeldin. Tomorrow, actor Gary Sinise. Congressman Peter King. For starters, Thursday, Bill O'Reilly and my mother, Naomi, and my son, Gabriel, will come here on Friday. Folks, I'll see you at the Monroe Lighting tonight. For all of us here on the radio program, Lou Rufino, Macedonia, Bill, Justin, Ellick, and the whole crew, Deb Valentine, Noam Layden, Frankie Diaz. Have yourselves a great Tuesday, God willing. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6. Until then, from all of us to all of you, New York City, 